Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Zero Cool Heron. <laughs> I'm Jeff Acidburn Kowalski. I'm Louisa Phantom Freak Heron. <laughs> Oh, uh, you didn't go with your normal I human name yeah. that you were going to... I really thought you were going to, <laughs> which is why I didn't do something else, because I wanted it to be that sort of, like, rule of comedy threes thing, where you said the one thing that didn't fit the pattern. <laughs> well, I almost did, yeah. I made a joke on our Discord about how the, there's a character who is one of the hackers, but he's younger, and they don't respect him, and they, they will not let him have a nickname. <laughs> so he's just Joey Pardella throughout the whole movie. <laughs> But that yeah. actor is Jesse Bradford, and he went on to be in the movie Swim Fan. So in my mind, his hacker name is Swim Fan. Yeah, Ooh, that's a, yeah, that might be a sequel. I've not seen Swim Fan. <laughs> his hacker name is Lonely Girl Fifteen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what Swim Fan is, but it for some reason reminds me of those other early two thousands things with screen names in them. Yes, yeah, it's that's the one true. where oh, what is her name? The actress. She was a big deal for a little while. She was also in Blue Crush. Was she Desdemona in that uh, remake of Othello with Mackay Pfeiffer? No, that was um, I get the, the girl from Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, you're right, you're right. We're uh, we talking about oh, Erica, Erica Christensen. Yes, that's it. Yes. yes. Erica Christensen becomes obsessed with a uh, guy on the swim team at her high school, and she's swim fan online, and she stalks him it's, online. It's yeah. just single white female. Ex- or no, is it single white? Fe- no, it's um, what's that one with Glenn Close bo- boils that rabbit? Uh, basic <laughs> what? instinct. No. Basic instinct. No, not basic no. instinct. That's all. The- oh, Fatal attraction. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, this we is got the there eventually. Listen, we've ever done. Here's the thing: the nineties like, parents talk about movies. <laughs> Who's that guy? No, she was definitely. <laughs> the 90s oh, yeah. had a lot of stalker movies it was like the main thing oh, that's true well i hope you guys like hearing your parents talk about <laughs> movies because um as you probably know if you've looked at your podcaster you can see this is the 50th episode right. of hack the net thank and you. so we thought for to thank you guys we're gonna do to something you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, we're going to, instead of our usual format, we're going to discuss the movie Hackers. Uh, uh, we, of course, all know Hackers is the, what is it, 1995 Five. Uh, testament to the true and accurate representation of hacker culture in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, 95 um, feels too early for some of the stuff that they do and talk about in this movie that I distinctly remember being popular online when I was a child in the early 2000s. I think I, that's why the movie leans so heavily into some of the late 70s, early 80s hacking, like uh, things to do with phones. Yeah, like Captain Crunch stuff. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, there's definitely a lot of references theme. to famous hacks in history, mm-hmm. like like Captain Crunch with the, the recording uh, of tones to make free long-distance calls, mm-hmm. but like, why would these kids care? Yeah. I think we just had to put that in because they looked up info on hacking. <laughs> they Guys, this movie and, and they added all that. And there's a sequence at the end where hackers around the world unite to take down Fisher Stevens. No, don't get ahead of yourself. Great, Spoiler which alert. is a great sentence. I just wanted to say that whole sentence. Um, and there's one guy in a like a pub in England who's just a normal looking guy. <laughs> 
And I was like, this is a real hacker for sure. Like, this is somebody who is a real famous uh, hacker that I don't recognize. Guys, bad news. I true? looked up the what? hacker Captain Crunch, and he's a bad sex man. Oh, no. No one is safe. Oh. Uh, well. Captain Crunch, me. Yeah, it's literally too. the first paragraph of his Wikipedia article <laughs> is that he's a pervert towards, uh, like, teenage boys for the past couple decades. Well, Bruce, we don't have to talk about him anymore. He's on the yeah, I mean, like, we're done with him. And, and also, he was a bad man for stealing all of that <laughs> uh, stuff. No, right? that was wrong. good, actually. Yeah, that was good. You are wrong, Matt. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get under the guillotine for this, Matt. Let's talk about the Max Headroom signal intrusion <laughs> instead. Because <laughs> nobody knows who did that one. I that is also pretty heavily referenced in this movie. Yes, everyone does that without a mask on. A little bit of context. So here's what I've written down. Hackers is a movie from 1995. It is rated PG-13, which will be important later. <laughs> we talk about some of the things that happen. Oh my god, it's rated. Uh, it should be rated worse than PG-13. Yeah. This movie on IMDb gets a 6.3 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, it gets a 33%, and Metacritic gives it a 46%. Yep. 46? percent yes <laughs> what the fuck and it wildly bombed it w- had a budget of 20 million dollars and made 7.5 million dollars at the box office and somehow okay. launched the careers of two p- like two people who are you know reasonably successful actors you're talking about angelina jolie and fisher stevens <laughs> <laughs> no johnny lee miller he stars on a network tv show he's like a successful now he had already been in um uh, maybe train spotting. Oh, I should have written this. No, he was in train spotting like two years later. He'd already been in something that was a big deal before this, though. That's why he got to star in this movie. Hmm. Uh, I should have written it down. Hello. Angelina um, Jolie was in one important thing: the Voight family. Yes. Was this before or after Matthew Lillard was in Scream? Uh, before. Before. So this might have been Matthew Lillard's l- launching point. Sort of, except he was already like thirty when he was in this movie. Uh, I can tell. You. I have everyone's ages written down. One Mr. Matthew Lillard was 25 when he yeah. made this movie. I just, I remember looking up that he was the oldest of the, like, core hackers. Mm-hmm. Can we all agree that he was the best actor in this movie? Oh, yeah, for he sure. Uh, like, he's an American treasure, and I think that he's genuinely great in everything I've ever seen him in, even though he only makes terrible movies. I really liked Fisher Stevens. Oh, Fisher God. Stevens also does an amazing job. Like, what a consummate professional to be able to constantly say the nonsense bullshit that they give him to say in this movie and make it seem like he means and The it. fact that he skateboards in with sunglasses and a trench coat into, like, a server room, and that's his character's introduction. Okay, we gotta. Yeah. Okay, we have to structure yeah, this, and I think we're good, we're just gonna go through this. Oh, um, do we have any any prelude to to do any more like setup to do before we hmm. talk about the plot of the movie? Uh, this was Angelina Jolie's so. first starring role in a major motion picture after she had a starring role in Cyborg Two two years earlier as the eponymous Cyborg. Um, now, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. You just said this was her first starring role in a major motion picture <laughs> after she starred in a movie two years earlier. Yeah, starred in, like, a crappy sequel that nobody okay. cared about to a movie well, that no one heard of. Well, so you're saying that, like, this wasn't also a crappy movie that yeah, no one heard of. No, this this movie everyone has heard of in the world. No, no, we have to stop this. It's a terrible movie no one knew about, <laughs> and now, for 
some reason, people have a weird nostalgia about it. Probably because yes, they thought it's because kids, kids don't know any better. It's an, it's an amazing feat of cinema in that <laughs> it is a movie that somehow manages to completely get wrong, not only computers <laughs> and parties, but humans. <laughs> like, and it's, it's like, trying to be a middle ground between like a high school rebels movie and a movie about computers and it seems to be written by someone who has never done either of those things yes it's very odd that they bothered setting it in high school and i was trying to figure out why and i think it's only because it's the idea that hackers are really young people and you don't expect that shaking up the establishment yeah okay let's let's get into the plot Yeah. Okay. So the movie starts in 1988, uh, which is what seven years before the the rest of the action takes place. Uh, it is a flashbacky type part where Dade Zero Cool Murphy, played by Johnny Lee Miller, is arrested and charged with crashing 1,507 systems in one day and causing a single day seven point drop in the New York Stock Exchange. Well, he's not played by Johnny Lee Miller yet. He's played by some child. I was going to say, oh my god! It's a very good reveal that they say that, so you don't find out for several minutes that he's a very young child. Yes, that's true. That's pretty good. Really tease that out. If they had had the balls to have (laughs) eleven-year-old Dave Murphy played by Johnny Lee Miller, (laughs) that would be incredible. The, a couple days ago, I saw Little Women, the new one that oh, yeah. we talked about last week, and it is insane that they have uh, Amy played by the same actress when she's 12 as when she's, like, 22. <laughs> yeah, the 23-year-old Florence Pugh playing a mm-hmm. character, like, uh, it's madness, pure madness. They could have digitally de-aged them, and they didn't to any of them. That's true. And... They had. I just wish that uh, hackers had had that same courage of their convictions. Yeah, yeah. It was truly the Little Women of its time. I mean, <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about Little Women. Let's get back on track. Can we, please? Um, it's a much better movie. It is a better movie. Anyway, we can't talk about it. We have to talk about hackers because of the curse that we when we all wished on that genie's lamp. Yeah, yep. exactly. To talk about a hacker. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of did, because we were like, should we watch hackers? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yep, and then for- Oh, man, can I- can I just point out, so I got back from Chicago at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning last night, and so I had to wake up this morning at, like, 9 to have time to watch Hackers before recording, mm-hmm. and Jen was still asleep, and she said, she, like, rolled over and mumbled in her sleep, why are you getting up? And I said, I have to go watch Hackers. <laughs> and she said, why? And I said, for my podcast. And she said, your podcast is stupid. <laughs> I said, she's right, absolutely right. <laughs> That's fair. Can we get that quote from her to put on our merchandise? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Uh, anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's this like courtroom scene where it's supposed to be this shocking reveal that this kid is 11 and he hacked uh, the New York Stock the Exchange. <laughs> yes. We should say it uh, opens in a very boring little suburban house where a uh, woman just making breakfast in the kitchen gets absolutely shellacked by a SWAT team breaking <laughs> through every door and window with battering rounds to hold guns I would like to face. point out about this. You say she's making breakfast in the kitchen. What she's actually doing is dishing up eggs with a spoon onto, like, I think there were six place settings at the table, and she had (laughs) minimum 20 eggs in that bowl. (laughs) 
Hmm. There were three of them living in that house. Yeah, I guess good misdirection to me, because I did not notice any of that. I was like, oh yeah, making breakfast. Yeah, there were a couple <laughs> Gastons in the house, and they just need a ton of eggs so that they can get big as a barge. But then they should be eating them raw. That's the only way Gastons eat eggs, I, I understand it. Yeah, the mm-hmm. species is allergic to cooked mm-hmm. eggs. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's true. So anyway, um, yes, the, the SWAT team busts through in a in masterful foreshadowing of what's going to happen mm-hmm. every ten minutes through yes. the rest of the movie. <laughs> exactly. A SWAT team ba- bursts through this otherwise quiet home uh, and arrests everyone. And yes. they they have this courtroom scene, and then at the end of the courtroom scene, uh, John, uh, Dade Murphy is convicted and banned from owning or operating computers or touchtone telephones until his 18th birthday. Yes, and fined $45,000. It was a specific amount. Yep, his yes. parents are fined that <laughs> yes, amount for true. some reason. And then- well. The next scene, it's meant to be dramatic, but it's incredibly weird if you think about it. Uh, he goes outside. It's nighttime now, for some reason. <laughs> Court uh, adjourns at night. Long, uh, ger- long trial. He gets into the back seat of like it's a town so that car. Batman can come <laughs> shoot him for killing his parents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he gets into the back of a town car as paparazzi are flashing him with photos and screaming at him. I believe you're not allowed to uh, take records of children involving court cases, but whatever. Yep. It was the 90s. He then sits on the back of this town car as it drives away he is by himself his parents are nowhere he's 11 years old and where are they taking him <laughs> like he didn't get oh, sentenced man. to jail time well, so what is happening to I'm him saying. now i'm assuming he's going home but they wanted a dramatic moment of him by himself so they didn't bother putting his parents in the car <laughs> well didn't they have a car couldn't know. they have driven him home <laughs> oh very odd Yes. He's also um, wearing, like, a uh, proper shirt and tie, but then, like, a weird little tweedy, like, zip-up jacket instead of a blazer. It's a weird the, choice. The suit on this child is the most poorly tailored suit I think I've ever seen in my yeah. life. <laughs> like, the hems are all very crooked. Yeah. I, this is something that I'm going to touch on a few times throughout this movie, so I want to, like, start now, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm so interested in what the set dressing and, like, uh, Mm -hmm. costuming departments on this movie did, because they did a lot. Yes. (laughs) Inexplicably. None of it made a lot of choices. good, or makes sense at all. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. It's very weird. And, like, later on, you could make the argument that their very bizarre costuming choices are supposed to be highlighting how these misfits that come together to save the world Mm -hmm. are, like, outside of normal society. Mm -hmm. But this is a kid wearing a suit. Why is his suit crazy? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, it's it's very much like... You know, some movies, instead of making them good, they just made them more. And this yeah. is a good example of a movie where they were just like, well, if we make enough movie, that'll come across as good, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay, so shortly before Dade Murphy turns 18, his mother, now divorced, takes a job in New York City. Upon turning 18, Dade calls a local television station, dupes the security guard uh, at We should say, it- he gets a computer for his birthday. So, like, oh, yes. the time is up for his ban, he has a computer now, he's back on track with doing illegal things. And yes. for and some reason, nice. his mom was totally okay with giving her criminal son a computer. Yes. And then leaving him alone for the night. <laughs> 
when he was younger, he cost her $45,000 fucking dollars. That is, yes. that, that is back then, like, more than the median salary in the United States for a year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Dave calls a local television station, dupes the security guard into giving him the modem's phone number, mm-hmm. uh, and successfully hacks the computer state, the station's computer network. Um, this is not hacking. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I want to say real quick, when he's flying into New York City, you see the city of Manhattan from overhead, and then the city turns into, like, computer hardware inside a computer, so, like, chips and RAM and, like, uh, the copper uh, wiring paths and everything. Yeah, this circuit board is woefully uh, (laughs) mismanaged. There are so many circuit buses on there, you do not need that many. It's so tall, the case that would go over this thing would have to be four feet tall. (laughs) Yes, that's true. When this part happened in the movie, I was like, oh, hell hell yes, this movie rules. <laughs> that was uh, so on the on the nose. Perfect. I loved it. I, I remember thinking when I watched this scene, like, there's someone in the world who this was their favorite movie. Yes. But probably still <laughs> is. I wonder what that person is like. Yeah. <clears throat> they must have a lot of very strong feelings about internet, I guess. Yeah. If you're a kid, I mean, there's the a right part age, later on. Really there's a part later on where hacker, where uh, spoilers, Fisher Stevens, who is like the evil hacker, talks at length to Zero Cool about how um, they are the modern day samurai mm-hmm. and cowboys, and it made me think of that uh, internet meme about I studied the blade while you were having fun. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder, yes. like, do those people know that they're referencing a villainous Fisher Stevens character? Yeah. Alright, so don't go get ahead of yourself. Okay, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes. Okay. Uh so he changes the the TV program at the network to an episode of the Outer Limits. It doesn't say in the synopsis I'm reading, but he changes it from yeah. a show called America First. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down openly racist late night TV show called America First. Here's the other thing. So this scene, um, we need to talk about this a lot. So I'm just, uh, this is my opening gambit, but this scene culminates in him having a hacker duel mm-hmm. with a mysterious figure who calls himself Acid Burn. Mm-hmm. God, the movie is terrible. Uh, and for some reason, they are communicating via 72 point font. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. That's a whole yes, other discussion. Yes, but before we yes, get into yes. that, I want to say Acid Burn comes at him, like, angry at him for taking control of, like, stepping on their territory. And this is like they say, which is, you have tread upon my domain and must now suffer. Who are you? And some of those words are just letters. You guess which ones. (laughs) Um, Yes. But here's my point. So, does this mean that secretly Acid... Can I just say Acid Burn is Angelina Jolie? Yeah. Yeah, but it won't mean anything yet. (laughs) Does this mean that Angelina Jolie's character in this movie was monitoring this America First program (laughs) and was like, yes, I do want this to be on? (laughs) Like... Is this subtly saying that she is a white nationalist? She hates The Outer Limits because she (laughs) thinks it's just a Twilight Zone (laughs) ripoff. But I guess my point is, if she was already in this network and had control, and that's how she knows that uh, Zero Cool or Crash Override... goes Override now, yeah. When she says, who are you, he starts to type in Zero Cool, thinks better of it, and types in Crash Override. Yeah, Yeah. which is a terrible name. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
it might be the worst name because Crash Override is an actual thing that you would need to say sometimes in context of computers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway, but so so she was watching America First and loving it. <laughs> I, I guess like she's somehow got an eye on this network and saw that someone else had joined it. Is what I think, although it's never said anywhere. But even if that's the case, if you had yeah. control over this network, what were you going to do with yes, it? If not point. this, there's kind of an implication through some of hackers, which is just like the internet is just kind of everywhere and connecting everything, which is true now, but was not true then. But it's yes. still this pervasive, like, oh, you know, computers talk to each other kind of thing. Yeah, yes. it was. It, it's all like they all have computers and they can get online through like payphones and stuff. Mm-hmm. It seems yeah. insane. Yes. I would also like to point out, when he calls into this network, he says, um, hi, this is, oh, what is the, I forget the name that he uses. He uses a rock star name. Um, yes. Oh, Mr. Van Halen, I think he yeah. says. No, it's something a little bit less, it's like one degree less obvious than that. It's like. He calls his boss Mr. Van Halen, I think, though. He says yeah. Van Halen, and I was like, wait a minute. Yes. And it's all um, things around his room. He says Mr. Kawasaki is going to be mad at him. So, so many movies in the 90s involve, like, snot-nosed teens pretending to be adults by saying the name of rock stars. Uh-huh. And I always wondered, did people who wrote movies in the 90s think that adults didn't also listen to music? No, they didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. many people know that. Yeah, Generation like, X was the first generation to listen to music, actually. Yeah, but, like, also... <laughs> Uh, he, I think he said Eddie Vedder. That yes, that true, was yeah. it. His name was Eddie Vedder. Yes, and I think that the boss was Van Halen, like you say. Eddie Vedder and Van Halen are both rock star- stars from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the security guard, who is, like, in his early 30s, it seems, is far more likely to know who those people are than 20-year-old, or 18-year-old uh, Dade Miller, Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> Yeah, this this was like the year after Pearl Jam's biggest album came out. Yeah. He that guy has to have heard of Pearl Jam and knows who the main guy in it is, right? This is the yes. thing, right? If a movie's trying to be about cutting-edge teen stuff, it's always going to be written by people in their 20s and 30s who work for the studio, so it's always going to be wrong. Uh, later we see Dade has Man, a gigantic- you are being- hold on. You mm-hmm. are being extremely generous. This movie yes. was written by 45-year-old men. <laughs> Uh, later, I was going to say, we see on Dade's bedroom wall, he has like a six by eight foot poster of Nirvana. Yes. <laughs> because <It's>, it covers <laughs> yeah. a whole wall. If, it's Nirvana like wallpaper. If you are a screenwriter, you look up the Billboard Hot 100. And you're like, who's at the top? Nirvana. Get me a Nirvana poster. And that's all you need. <laughs> what is a Nirvana? <laughs> um, yes. Oh. So, so this hacker duel is, I think, the Delightful. first... Uh, of many montages where the screenwriters said to themselves, "Uh oh, <laughs> this movie is about people typing quietly on keyboards. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> we need to make this more interesting somehow." And the way they do it is the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It's very yes. Go on. <laughs> there, there are rapid cuts between shot, static shots of Johnny Lee Miller's face doing nothing. Mm-hmm. 
with sometimes with like rear projection mm-hmm. imagery of the his computer screen projected onto his face. Yeah. Uh and then it cuts back and forth between that and like stock footage of people in better movies fighting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess Swirling I guess the, the, space. the point is supposed to be that because they are fighting over what is being broadcast on TV, like the things the the stock footage that they're showing is maybe the footage that they are trying to put onto the TV, but that is not clear. Yes, and it doesn't really make any sense because which of them wants to keeps wanting to put the nineteen forties um, Scarlet Pimpernel on TV and why? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that they seem to not be confident in that as a uh, visual representation because they'll show old stock footage like it's a fucking episode of Dream On. But yes. Then- <laughs> switch to like oh but now we're flying through circuit boards and now we're in a weird computer land where everything's green numbers cascading <laughs> down glass towers the number of times that you see uh like trigonometry ex- uh, <laughs> equations exploding out of johnny lee miller's face is incredible oh man uh so the screenwriter offers us a little bit of insight into the hacking scenes oh yeah uh, he wanted to um, write a movie about hackers after they were in the news a lot in the like transition from the 80s to the 90s. So he went and met some hackers, including one named Fiber Optic, that's spelled with a PH and Optic ending with a K. Um, and here's a direct quote for what cracked the uh, the screenplay for him, what mm-hmm. broke the story. One guy was talking about how he'd done some really interesting stuff with a laptop and payphones, and that cracked it for me, because it made it cinematic. Well, there you go. Uh, I don't think that the (laughs) screenwriter understood what this other guy was saying, or all of these hackers were fucking with him. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, it's definitely the second one. If it was true, it would be a very good idea that you could take your computer and just, like, get it, get into the data stream from any payphone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not entirely untrue that you could, if you had the right hardware, you could, like, communicate through a phone line into a computer. I mean, that's what modems were. Yeah. But it is crazy to think that you could just take your laptop to a payphone and somehow interface them, which is never shown on screen. <laughs> They're holding a yeah. laptop next to a payphone, and somehow that does it. Yep. Uh, it's very good. I also, uh, having read the synopsis, uh, part of the synopsis before I'd seen the movie, and it said he one of his first uh, hackings is to change a show to The Outer Limits, because that's what he wants to watch. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, how would they do that? Because it's not digital streaming like it is nowadays. And it's yes. quite remarkable what they do in this movie, because they have him change the computer, which moves a robot arm, which pulls the tape of The Outer Limits out of the box and moves it up to put it into the player. Just insane. So, yes. So, can I just say, dueling, mm-hmm. can I just say, I've seen one of these uh, devices in real life, and it's that's real. That is yes. a real thing. Oh, yes. I totally believe it. But then when the two hackers are dueling, Acid Burn and <laughs> yes, Cash Override, <laughs> there are two robot arms, and they are trying to Why would you put tape. two robot arms on it? <laughs> and they are fighting one another. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they be able to take tapes out of each other's hands? <laughs> That's oh, it's crazy. It's wonderful. Oh, man. I I like to believe that Angelina Jolie hacked that other arm into existence. <laughs> <sighs> she just hacked it so hard that a new arm grew out of this uh, robot. So then at the end, Acid Burn says, 
says, acid burn says, leave before you are expunged. And then yes. that person managed to overpower Crash Override, which really makes him sit up and take notice because he's supposed to be the top hacker in his mind. I would also like to point out these two people are furiously <laughs> hacking, whatever <laughs> that means, <laughs> and also constantly trash talking each other. Yes. How are they doing both? Are they taking time out? Like, okay, hold on. She just snatched this tape out of my hand, but I need to come up with some good trash talk and then type it out and then somehow force it to display on their computer. <laughs> like, more than, like, 75% of their hacking ability must be being used to <laughs> hack the other person's display, right? Yeah, to make a special font that looks like it's uh, the words are on fire. Because that's yeah. very yes. important. <laughs> Here's oh, here's the thing. Do you remember using dial-up? Because he <laughs> he's typing real fast. What they cut out of the montage was the ten minutes he had to wait for the code to execute, where I he can say, do other stuff. Because I wrote this down, very, I underlined very, very slow typing by date. When he's thinking of saying things like, I will swat you like the fly you are, it takes him way longer than it would take anybody to do that. <laughs> I also think, I remember the times of dial-up, and I remember thinking about how great it was that you had longer to think of what you wanted to say when you were chatting with people, and they yes. wouldn't know, so you could come up with really good, like, smart things to say. Um, mm -hmm. He doesn't seem to bother with that. No. <laughs> they both just say whatever, like, things that don't really pertain to the situation that's happening. Yes. And uh, I want to say at one point, one of the techniques they use, they have him typing on the camera lens. So like you see typing from the point of view of a keyboard, I guess. Yeah. But he can't really tap on the camera lens. So it's the worst miming of typing. <laughs> oh boy. I do wonder, I really wonder if Johnny Lee Miller had ever used a computer <laughs> before this movie. That's a very good question. Uh, it sure looks like he's very uncomfortable. He was method acting because his character hadn't touched a keyboard in seven years. Mm, that is true. Oh, that's good. You're right. Oh, okay. I would also like to say Johnny Lee Miller is a Scottish actor and he's doing an American accent in this movie. At no point do you really tell that he's Scottish, but he is trying so hard to keep that American accent under control. It sounds like the fakest accent you've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, you can really see it bucking under him <laughs> a couple of times. I didn't really, like, the movie was so otherwise bad that his accent didn't <laughs> stick out for me at all. If it reminded me a lot of um, Cersei Ronan in uh, uh, Little Women. Oh. Was she <laughs> bad? Did she do a bad? No, I thought it was fine. Well, you could tell several times during the movie that it was really fighting to get out from oh, yeah. under her. <laughs> See, yeah. Here's the thing, though, Jeff. He's supposed to have just moved from Seattle, but the voice he's doing, which is kind of generically American, is tinged with an awful lot of New York to it for yeah. no reason. That's yep. the no, only accent. He lives in New York, Louisa. Yeah, it's the only <laughs> accent people from the UK can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Dade enrolls at Stanton High School, mm -hmm. where he meets Kate Libby, played by Angelina Jolie, who Hold is on. assigned to take him on a tour of the school. I want to Why? Say, yeah, no one knows. She assigns herself, first of all, for no reason. But, like, okay, I really wanted to understand, is she 
in an working in some kind of official capacity for this school because if she is that's crazy because she is such an obvious troublemaker there's no way that you would make her be the official representative of the school but if she's not that's even crazier because who was going to take him around the school and what happened to them i would like to point out he rollerblades to school and the very oh, yes. first thing he does walking into the halls where kids are fucking everywhere there's a hundred people in this hallway is he goes and he buys there's a guy who's talking on the phone yes, to ask that him is where the true. office is and the guy's like, shut up I'm on the phone to Venezuela and he says, oh man, and then Dade is annoyed because people here are so mean yeah, there were so many other people he could ask <laughs> But I will say, it reminded me a lot of uh, JRPGs that I've played, where when you walk into a room, you can tell the only person you need to talk to because they're the only one dressed interestingly. <laughs> yes. This uh, character yeah. will come up later. He is a bit of foreshadowing here. He, he has, like, a sleeveless cheetah print rayon shirt on, and everyone mm -hmm. else is in normal clothes. Yes, he's wearing, like, basically a full-body stocking of cheetah print. <laughs> yes. Um, this, this whole, all the high school stuff was filmed in, uh, Stuyvesant High School, which was one of New York City's nine specialized high schools, where you have to take a test to get in because it's super mm. elite, and for some reason they were like, let's use that super elite school to film this crummy school with a bunch of hackers and bullies in it. Okay, you Jeff. want it to look nice, though, right? Like in your movie? I you guess so. I, I don't have the ability to do this retroactively to the movie, but I am going to enforce this rule on you, Jeff, and the rest <laughs> of us for the rest of this discussion. We cannot call anything elite. <laughs> Listen. Oh, right. Hacker slang, hacker slang, people call things leet, which is short for elite, and that is, that is a slang thing. Clearly the writer of this movie heard that and was like, People won't understand what that means. Yeah. I need Angelina Jolie to describe everything as elite and <laughs> enunciate every syllable yep. of that word every time. God, I love later exactly. when they introduce Dade to some other cool hacker and they're like, well, who's this guy? You can't come in. And they're like, no, no, no. He's elite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, when, very good. when they're trying to talk to the two Max Headroom people at the concert, and he's like, but they're, they're flakes, and she says, no, they are elite, mm -hmm. screaming at the top of her lungs. Yes, that's it's getting ahead, still. So. Wild. Okay, okay. She shows him around the school. Yes, so she is um, clearly the, the like, worst... The, she is a good student, but a terrible, like, influence. I don't know. What do you say to this? What What do you say? She's like a, a mm, outsider, cool. a troublemaker. Yeah. She's also painted as a feminist, which is uh, like, oh no, she's one of those oh real bitches. Oh my god, can, can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> That'll come uh, up later with her talking about her mother, probably. I don't know if that is covered. I don't think we go to that level of detail in this synopsis, so I think now <laughs> is the time to talk about that. All right. So, okay. Basically, Angelina Jolie shows him around the school and instantly, like, she, she goes out of her way to take over Johnny Lee Miller's, uh, tour of this school, mm. despite the fact that she instantly hates him. <laughs> I don't think she hates him. I think she likes him. I think she likes him and that's why she started. If you'll notice, and I wrote this down. She takes him around the school as as he wanted and as she should, whatever. And then she's like, all right, here's your class. Bye. And then another kid says, hey, did you tell him about the pool? And she goes, 
Oh, yeah, there's a pool on the roof. Yes. Okay. Also, also, <laughs> there's so much about this exchange we need to talk about. Okay. What she says is, uh, what he says is, aren't you in my class? Mm-hmm. And then she says, I'm not in your class. Yeah. And I think we're supposed to be like, mm, yeah, like, not in your league. Mm-hmm. But no, that's not how people say that. They say not in your league, <laughs> not not in your class. <laughs> uh, I think that it was maybe meant to be a double entendre somehow. Yes, I'm somehow, okay but how? I'm okay with it. Like, you get, we all got the meaning, so we're okay with it. But also, like, Angelina Jolie, <laughs> uh-huh. are you flirting with this man or not? I think so, yes. <laughs> well, then why are you saying that? <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy to be like, I've taken you around the school, I'm totally flirting with you, and like, let's have some witty banter, but also, I hope to never see you again. <laughs> that, this Bye. is absolutely key to male-female relationships in a 90s movie. What are you talking about? Of course she has to be a bitch, and he has to win her over. That's how it always goes. I understand that, but Angelina Jolie, from Angelina Jolie's character's point of view, she is giving him no reason to do that. <laughs> Yes. Uh, no one writing this movie considered Angelina Jolie's character's point of view at any time. That is very Yes, true. that's a fact. <laughs> uh, little did they know she was four years out from winning an Oscar, and then after that did absolutely nothing good ever again in her entire career. <laughs> um, so yes, and then she says there's a pool up on the roof, mm-hmm. which, again, okay, if you guys were in high school and it was your first day and someone said, there's an Olympic-sized swimming pool on the roof, what would your next step be? Going into my class on time, I got extremely anxious at what happened next. Yes, correct. <laughs> or literally anything else. Like, if somebody told me there's an Olympic-sized swimming pool on the roof, I'd be like, cool, I don't swim. Mm-hmm. I'm not That's a fine. Guy. That's a different guy. <laughs> yeah, there's a football field outside too, so. Yeah. I don't, yeah, great. <laughs> Why did- And he goes up to the roof and gets himself locked out of school. This is the only time like, I laughed in this movie. When he walks to that door- There were 12 people up there! There's a bunch of younger kids up there. And All the nerds. Says, no, no, don't let the door close! But she had- The guy yells it. The door is closing very slowly. Yes. He had time to turn around and I stop know. it. But that is the only time I laughed. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. All these kids got tricked and they're all locked up here. <laughs> Why? But they're all nerds! Why would they be like, ooh, an Olympic-sized swimming pool? I gotta check that out! Yeah, I gotta write about that on my blog. <laughs> Why? Oh my god. Okay. So, um, because this happened, now Dade is absolutely fucking furious, including having mental uh, movie clip fantasies of old black and white movies where men are strangling women as they scream. Yes. So we are supposed to <laughs> like this character? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and all because, all because a girl said to him, oh, hey, there's a pool on the roof, which was a joke, and she only said it after another kid <laughs> prompted her to do it. Yes. She wasn't and- even going to say it to him. <laughs> That's what kills me. And, like, so many other people did that to all of the freshmen. That is clearly the implication. Why are you so specifically mad at her? Yes, and why don't you feel foolish? Yes. Yeah, he's a senior. He really shouldn't have fallen for that. (laughs) Yeah. Well. He rollerbladed in here. He's supposed to be cool. I just, this this speaks to a larger point in this movie, which is, it's clearly coded that we are supposed to be rooting for uh, Johnny Lee Miller or Crash Override or Zero Cool, but there is nothing in this movie that 
prompts you to feel good about him. Yes. Uh, later on, I'm going to tell you a moment that I suddenly realized something. They, uh, We skipped past it, but earlier in the movie when he first is in New York and his mom is asking him, like, oh, why were you, like, were you hacking all night? Mm-hmm. She spends a very long time ask. the only questions she asks him are about his very specific things about his sex life. Mm-hmm. And it made me wonder, are we supposed to believe that he is, like, emotionally traumatized by his childhood and that's why he can't interact normally with humans as an adult i feel like it's only only meant to set up for you that he is a virgin i feel like you're supposed to believe when he he tells his mother that so that then later like that's why he's intimidated so much by kate i guess i hear you but the fact that the mother cares or like he volunteers the information that he is a virgin to his mother. Yes. His mother, on three separate occasions in this movie, encourages him to masturbate. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I wrote down, and I did not appreciate this, that they have her unpacking boxes in a long flannel nightshirt, no pants. Yes, it's a weirdly sexual relationship. (laughs) It is, and I hate it. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, is there a subtle implication that he has been abused? I don't think so. I think this is the movie not understanding that it's wrong to show a family like this and just being like, what's cool and sexy? Yeah. They were like, we gotta have a hot mom. It's the 90s. Yeah, exactly. I do think that they really wanted to make every character except the FBI agent in this sexy. (laughs) And it's very weird because they shouldn't be. Yes, agreed. Um, Okay. So the other thing I want to talk about in the school scene before we move on to the actual plot of this movie. Oh, there's a plot? Johnny Lee Miller hacks the school so that he can be in Angelina Jolie's advanced English class. And we see a scene in the advanced English class where four students are simultaneously writing a quote from their favorite book, I guess, on the board. Mm-hmm. What was the assignment here? Yeah. What was the point of this? Write a quote from your favorite book on the board. They seem to be judged on whether or not they can remember a quote and also if it's good enough according to the teacher who i wrote this down is wearing a long sleeve t-shirt and cargo shorts to teach in (laughs) yes also the teacher reads angelina jilly's quote and then says i don't know if your mother counts as one of the great influencers of literature Mm -hmm. and then another kid says i forget the exact number but like well she sold two million books or something which is fucking ridiculous why can't she write her mother's quote then that's true True, but no, actually that's not true. <laughs> because oh, okay. <laughs> okay. If the if the teacher's assignment was write a quote from an influencer of literature on the board, mm-hmm. it's still a weird thing to say. But to then go up and write a quote from your mother's like pop psychology um uh, self-help book, that does not meet that assignment. And Angelina Jolie is smart enough to know that. That is not literature. That's something else. But it's so vague. I think they were just talk- told to write something from one of their favorite authors. And then I think but the then why was would only he say- saying, like, well, she doesn't really count as an author. Like, I think that's the only point. Yeah. I suppose. I the, Okay. And then Matthew Lillard's character has a quote on the board, and the guy reads it and then says, you're not in this class. And then Matthew Lillard says, wait, isn't this wood shop? And runs out. And then yeah, he says, so he says, 
class crashing again. The teacher says, class <laughs> crashing again, get out. Yeah, again, that meaning you didn't notice before when this six foot five string bean on rollerblades in With the craziest pants, hair. A black uh, latex shirt under a pinned on t-shirt with yeah. safety fins. This 25 year old pervert four has just walked <laughs> You didn't recognize that he's been in your class before, illegally? <laughs> and you you asked him to write on the board! <laughs> it's very good. I also wrote down that a student in the front row has a sleeveless uh, plaid jacket on that zips up the front and is completely unzipped and he has no shirt on underneath. Yes. I think, okay, I think that this movie wanted us to think that the coolest and craziest scenes were the hacking scenes later. Yes. But this scene in the English class is the coolest <laughs> and craziest scene in this movie. Oh, it's so very For sure. Good. It's stunning. Yeah. I want to point out real quick, I think we missed it according to the sequence of my notes, but mm. um, uh, Dade gets back at Kate by turning on the sprinkler system inside oh. the school to get everyone wet like he got wet when he was up on the roof because it started Right. Yes. He has an okay. umbrella, so then he's extremely this scene smug is to crazy. her. Yeah. Because the scene starts with him, after he's hacked the school, mm-hmm. he's standing in the middle of the hallway during class, because yes. everyone else is in class, holding an umbrella. Mm-hmm. What does he wait, what does he think is going down? Like, he's just standing there. He's waiting for 9.30, because he set it to 9.30. Well, okay, but my point is, is he waiting for an audience? Yes, because Phantom Freak comes up. But why is Phantom Freak there? And why would he expect <laughs> Phantom Freak to be there? Because he's identified the only important characters in this school by their <laughs> colorful outfits. Yeah. He knows that they will but be there for all the important scenes. He, he hasn't told Phantom movie. Freak to go there. And he, he knows that this character is a person of color and is flamboyant, probably meant to be coded as gay, so he's gonna be his sidekick. You know how that works. <laughs> yes, I understand. But if we are supposed to believe there's any realism at all in this movie, there isn't. he and Phantom Freak have not become friends yet, so there's no reason why Phantom Freak would walk up to him in an otherwise empty hallway and be like, Hey man, what are you waiting for? He's got that umbrella up though. I think he you no, might No, he doesn't. He opens the umbrella after Phantom Freak <laughs> asks him what he's waiting for. Yeah. Well, that's just poor writing. But then Phantom Freak is delighted that he's managed to hack the system and Phantom Freak wants to talk to him. Yes. The- this is where Phantom Freak says, You need to know me, I'm Phantom Freak. Are you a hacker too? I think you are, etc. Then Jesse Wait, I, oh. I wanna I wanna comment on that line because he yes. what he says is, You know me, I'm the Freak. Yeah. Phantom Freak? Yeah. If you're using your hacker name, you can't just say the second half of it. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. be like, hey, you know me, I'm Override. <laughs> Crash <What>? Override? <laughs> Crash Override? <laughs> but what? here's the thing. Of the Manhattan Overrides? <laughs> <laughs> Another important point, though, if you have a hacker name, that's so people don't know who you are in the real world. Yes, you probably true. shouldn't announce that to other people when okay, you don't know God. if they're cool or not. This is a whole thing, though, because also in this scene, you see uh, Joey yes. come up and, and beg Phantom Freak to give him a hacker name. Yes, and Phantom Freak's like, nah, you're like you're a kid. And uh, I would like to point out that uh, Jesse Bradford, who plays Joey, is 16 years old in this movie, which puts him way younger than any of the other supposed teens. Yeah, literally the only character playing someone the, the correct age. The only yeah, actor, I should he's say. He's actually pretty good in this, considering. Yeah. Yes, he is. Um, 
But we saw a scene earlier in the movie where Johnny Lee Miller gave himself a hacker name by accident. (laughs) Exactly. So this kid is a begging fandom freak who is brushing him off because he's a wiener little nerd. And he says, "Uh, I I don't have an identity until I have a handle. He's so upset. And he says, what about Master of Disaster? What about Ultra Laser? What about Doctor Doom? And fandom freak ignores him and walks away. (laughs) But why can't he just fucking go online and be any of those people? And it's... (laughs) It's clearly intended to be a joke that the names that he's coming up with are bad, mm-hmm. but they are zero percent worse than the actual <laughs> names that the hackers use in this movie, or like the names that real hackers used in real life, which were mm-hmm. also stupid, like mm-hmm. Fiber Optic and Captain I- Crunch, which are nothing. That's I- nothing. I do not believe that fiber optic was real. I genuinely <laughs> He has a Wikipedia article. He is a he's like a cybersecurity expert in real life now. <sighs> I'm just saying, I bet that the writer of this movie went to like, I don't know, an internet cafe or whatever and was like, "Hey, I'm writing a movie called Hackers. Is anyone here a hacker?" <laughs> and then one guy was like, uh, yeah, sure. I'm fiber optic, and I use my laptop to make it rain, or whatever. <laughs> so, now, Phantom Freak is so delighted by Crash Override's hacking that he invites him to a club called Cyberdelia, thereby completing his job as psychic. Yep. Now he's just there to be put in danger so that mm-hmm. he can be rescued later. Yes, which doesn't actually happen, but that's not important. We'll it does that happen! Okay. That does happen! Well, alright, we'll get to that later. <clears throat> Um, so, they yes, Cyberdelia. Cyberdelia is another example of the screenwriter trying to make hacking look cool, <laughs> even though there's nothing cool about hacking at all. So, I would like to say, this is a Manhattan. We know uh, Dade's address because uh, it's revealed earlier in the movie when he has a college application. So we know he's in Manhattan. This is a Manhattan nightclub. It is fucking huge. Yep. And it's beautiful. It has rails and uh, tubes to uh, rollerblade along. It has uh, food and drinks. Why did every 90s movie have a nightclub for kids that had skateboarding in it? (laughs) It has uh, video games, huge projection screens for those. There's phones on every table so you can do your hacking. (laughs) Everything seems to be free, and they allow high school kids into this place. Yep. Yes. How are they making any money? I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a club or, like, the Foot Clan's hideout from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, I genuinely think if you'd spun the camera around, you would have seen Shredder, and maybe that's how they're making their money. Yeah. Everyone else in that club was stealing TVs or whatever. Um, and then for and some significantly, reason... Significantly, the mom, um, uh, uh, Jimmy Lee Miller, Johnny Lee Miller's mom, is played by the woman who played April O'Neil, I think. Is it? Really? I don't know about that. Uh, I'd also well, like to point out that Phantom Freak, to show off his cool hacker skills, sits down at a table with a payphone, uh, dials some number, and the operator says you need to deposit $5 for the first minute, and he uses a little tape recorder to make the tones to get those $5 for free. He is, for the second time, calling long distance to someone from an extremely loud public place. Yep. <laughs> Why does he do these things? And he never seems to speak to them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He When he is interrupted in the school talking on the phone, I think he says one sentence in Spanish, and then after Johnny Miller walks away, sort of apologizing for interrupting him, he doesn't go back to talking. He just holds the phone against his ear. 
Yeah, he's just uh, showing off how he can pay for this long. This is called. So he just he just wait. It's kind of depressing if you think about it as him being like, I really want to hack a phone, but I don't have anyone to talk to. <laughs> oh God, there's a story I want to see. <laughs> yes, Christ. Uh, yeah, this scene for me, the key thing is when they go and play the arcade video mm-hmm. game. Um, mm-hmm. Because I just found out it is a pre-release version, uh, like alpha version of the PlayStation game Wipeout. <laughs> That's very interesting. The game itself, to me, looks very boring. Yeah, uh, it ha- there's no textures on any of the polygons, which there are in the final game. <laughs> uh, and it just kind of looks like the Sonic 2 bonus game. Yeah, you're kind of just going through, like, a point of view, traveling through tubes and stuff. And the high score screen in this movie is the craziest thing I've ever seen, Mm -hmm. where, so, he somehow beats Angelina Jolie's score, which doesn't really- This is the moment I was talking about earlier. She plays this game, and some exposition guy tells her, oh, she plays that all the time. And then he goes up to her and he's like, pretty good score for a girl, he says. And she says, you think you can do better? So he starts to play and he's never played this game before. And he absolutely does better than her. And I was like, oh, fuck. Because as soon as she said, do you think you could do better? I'm like, this is a chosen one story. This is one of those stories where the woman is clearly better at whatever the thing is. But this bumbling idiot chosen one who's the star of the movie is going to be the best. Of course. Because he hasn't played video games in eight years. <laughs> Actually, he probably could because those wouldn't be connected up to the internet. They were computers. No. Yeah, but like game to court, they're not. Right? Yeah, I don't think a court I mean, would consider that's why this court ruling computer. is insane. Because what yeah. counts as a computer? That's a crazy thing. That's like being like you can't own anything blue. No, Matt, but that is a real thing. That like when hackers get charged, they're banned from owning or using computers. Yeah, that's. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh I'd just like to, to in- issue a, an apology. Uh, the actress who plays April O'Neil is not in this movie. Um, okay. but the actress who plays Fisher Stevens' girlfriend, I yes. guess, uh, Lorraine looks an Bracco. awful lot like her. That anyway, is Lorraine on. Bracco from uh, The Sopranos. <clears throat> oh, is it? Yes. Mm. But she has blonde hair, so you can't yep. tell. Um, so he immediately, with one try, does better than her best high score ever, and someone, maybe Phantom Freak, maybe Serial Killer, which is Matthew Lillard, says, wow, no one's ever beat her before. And the high score screen is his score, 3D animated, to jump on top of all of her scores and squish them into exploding rocks. Yep. Yes. And this was... It is ten times more complicated than the actual game. This was yeah. created by the uh, game developers for the movie. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, because it would be pretty boring to just have it come up on screen like it would. Yep. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then, at this point, Angelina Jolie is on like an upper catwalk with a, a fuckboy <laughs> that we never find out anything about or see yes! close. <laughs> oh my god, when he gets <laughs> thoroughly cucked by Johnny Lee Miller later in this movie, he just disappears. He gets cucked into non-existence. <laughs> Uh, so she's extremely pissed, of course, and uh, Dade is also super pissed, because whatever. And then she goes outside with this guy and gets on his cool motorcycle and leaves. They make yep. out for a while at first, and it's kind of gross, because math sounds are pretty disgusting. Most of his scenes are just, like, wildly open mouth kissing Angelina Jolie. <laughs> yeah. I, That's almost all he does in the movie. I'm, I don't even remember seeing this character's face. <laughs> 
Yeah, I really don't either. And all we know is Dade says, who's that? And then Phantom Freak there to provide exposition says, that's, I don't remember the name. I didn't write it down. Claude. Okay, he's just, he just is there to look cool. (laughs) And that's all he does. And it's true. That's all he does. Although he looks cool in a, like, uh, Jamie Kennedy kind of way. Yeah, he's not very cool. He's wearing very baggy, like, logo encrusted (laughs) tracksuit. Almost all the time? Yes. Maybe all the time? He does have a does motorcycle, he, though, so that means he's cool. Does he go to their high school because he's never there? Yeah, good question. I, f- I feel like the implication would be that she would be dating a college guy, but it's never mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he had a bigger character that was cut for time. <laughs> he's very mysterious. Yeah, he was another like hacker. Him, I'd like to see him and Phantom Freak team up and do a movie. <laughs> That would be great. Well, okay. no, he has no person. But go on. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to get back into the synopsis unless there's any more of this, like, weird character building sequence we want to talk about. No, I don't want to talk about this movie at all, but, you know, <laughs> we're cursed. This is going to be a oh. long episode. We might talk about this episode longer than the movie Hackers. <laughs> quite probable. I want to say everyone smokes in this club, and I know it was the 90s, but everyone is constantly smoking and holding a cigarette, even when they're doing computer things, which is bad for computers. It was the 90s. And, also, uh, also, everyone is smoking hand-rolled cigarettes, and I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was supposed to be implying that they were smoking weed. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but Jesse Bradford has a cigarette constantly, and he's clearly smoking it, like smoke comes out of his mouth. This is a fucking 16-year-old actor on your set, and he smokes more than anybody. There's almost no scenes where he doesn't have a cigarette. Yeah, when he hides the floppy disk later, he hides it in a carton of cigarettes. Yes, it's extremely fucked up. Um, also, I just want to point out that there's a scene where Matthew Lillard uh, excitedly pulls colorful books out of a bag whilst people yell <laughs> the titles of them at him. Yes. This is the thing. So this scene is supposed to be Johnny Lee Miller like proving his cred by recognizing the books that uh, hackers use or whatever. Yes. But the way it works is Matthew Lillard pulls the book out of his bag and holds it up in front of Johnny Lee Miller and then Johnny Lee Miller says the title of the book. (laughs) And you can see when he puts them down that the titles of the book are written on the front of the book. (laughs) Also, are we supposed to believe that nothing has changed in the world of computer hacking since the time that he wasn't allowed to look at this stuff anymore? Yeah, the idea that he is so fluent with computers. Yeah. Eight years after they were basically invented, like, they changed so much. Laptops didn't even exist when he was prevented from owning computers anymore. Yes. <clears throat> okay, the real trouble begins when Joey Pardella, played by mm-hmm. Jesse Bradford, the novice <laughs> hacker of the group, successfully breaks into an Ellingson Mineral Company supercomputer to prove to the rest of the group that he is an elite hacker. Mm-hmm. To validate this feat, he downloads part of a garbage file. It's okay. You never know when you're getting ready to say something or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm saying something now, and what I'm saying is, it is wild to me that they, that A, he decides of all the files to download to prove that he hacked this computer, mm. he chooses to download what's in the garbage. I thought that that was meant to be, the fact that it was labeled garbage was a clue to him, an elite hacker, that this was actually not garbage. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and really it's like, like negging. This file say. is negging me. Good instinct too, because it's not garbage. Exactly. It was disguised. Yeah. It's I like say, when, when they were sitting around the table. I should say real quick. Uh, Matthew Lillard. Everyone's ragging on Jesse Bradford for not being a very good hacker and saying he couldn't possibly do it. 
And then, I think Phantom Freak says, well, why don't you tell me what the three most common passwords are? Oh, four most common passwords. Well, yes. He mentions a fourth Bradford one. Knows. Yes. And I was like, all right, it's going to be password, password yeah, one, two, three, exactly. and password exclamation <laughs> point. What? The fact that they but, say that in this movie multiple times, yeah. What based on nothing, so, why would you do that? The okay, answers right, are on. love, secret, and sex. Not necessarily in that order, says Jesse Bradford. It means nothing. And then one of the characters says, system operators love to use God. Don't forget about God. Which is I a just... three-letter password. Yeah, nobody has ever... <laughs> if you used all four of these in a row as a password, that would be pretty secure, but... Yeah. Oh, man, I bet every hacker's password is that those words in that order. Uh-huh. I just keep thinking about the idea of, like... A uh, mid fifties man with like a salt and pepper mustache and big glasses, licking his lips and typing "sex" into his password <laughs> yes. and being like, "Ooh, yeah, <laughs> what, <laughs> what?" <laughs> yes, I love this because, of course, this is before we knew about like combined letters and numbers used uh, case sensitive and. Uh, individual um, I think that. I think that fiber optic might have something to say about that. <laughs> well, this was before that was widely used. I know, because I went through several iterations of uh, websites being like, we've changed now and your password is too simple. You're going to have to make a more complicated one. But a three-letter password? I can't believe anyone would ever accept that. Uh, yeah, and this is the password of Penn Gillette, who plays Hal. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a normal character in the movie, because this was long enough ago that Penn Gillette just got normal bit parts in movies. Yep, he's wearing, like, a boiler suit in the server room. (laughs) Like, I thought when I saw him in the cast list, I'm like, ah, he's gonna have, like, a kooky cameo. No, he's a regular guy who's not funny. I guess just, like, in real life. He is a little bit funny, because he calls Fisher Stevens on the phone and says, uh, Mr. I forget the character's name. Belford. Elbert. Uh, there's a problem, you need to come down. And he's like, no, call me the plague, I told you. And he says, alright, Mr. the plague, can you come down? And I thought that was almost entertaining. Oh my god, I really love Fisher Stevens, just like this middle-aged man being like, you have to call me the plague when I skateboard into the server room. Yes, I wrote, he skateboards in, in a fur coat. Incredible. Just exquisite. Oh, I guess he's only 32 in this movie. That's not that old. He just always looked old. He's a man who has never looked young. Yep. Matt, are you still there? Okay, good. (laughs) Everything's going great. Wait, is he? (laughs) He apparently is not. I don't hear anything. Yeah, I don't hear anything either. Well, maybe his computer shut down again and we'll just have to scrap this episode. I'm going to say, I'm going to take over for a second. Oh, hold on. Oh, yeah. you're still there. You yeah, just I'm disappeared still here. from my uh, list as well. No, Matt oh, dropped out. I'm still here. Uh, in my little, like, icons, you also dropped out. <clears throat> oh, so no! Yeah. Uh, the Pendulette uh, is sitting in the server room, everything's fine, then suddenly everything goes red, there's alarms, because someone else is on the system. And that's Jesse Bradford at home. I don't remember everything that Matt said. <laughs> this is the problem. Yeah. Uh, so let's Matt- just talk about Fisher Stevens for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, he has, I think, dyed black hair in this, and it's unfortunate, because when you see him from behind, his hair is getting pretty thin. Uh, yeah, he... My... hmm. Okay, so, two things I watched a lot when I was a child were Early Mm -hmm. Edition, uh, (laughs) and Short Circuit 2. I was gonna say, are we gonna bring up the brown face? Yeah. yes. I think I've seen the first Short Circuit maybe once. I've Mm -hmm. seen Short Circuit 2, like, a thousand times. 
Uh, yes, he plays an Indian man in that movie, despite the fact that he is, uh, white as the, the driven snow. Um, what I really love about Fisher Stevens is his birth name is Stephen Fisher. Yes! That's insane. I was thinking about that, about, uh, there's another actor I really like, Clark Peters, whose name is actually Peter Clark. (laughs) (laughs) Why not just have that as your name? No one else is called that. Who cares? There probably is, though. There probably was an actor who did bit parts in the 50s who's in the Actors Guild. Mm, Yeah. Matt, are you Guys, I I got hacked. Oh, no. (laughs) Is your recording okay? Yeah, my my computer is like didn't have a problem, but for some reason my internet for my whole house like blipped out and then just shut itself down. So well, I had to they know it. they heard ah. you talking about hackers. <clears throat> yep. So anyway, uh, um, to talking about the server room and Fisher Stevens being weird. Why did okay. Why did Fisher did you- Stevens play a Koopaling in the Super Mario Bros. movie? Yeah, he played Iggy, the only Koopaling to appear in the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, he. Um, I mean, he, pl- that's all he ever did, really. And if you expand the definition of Koopaling a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, <sighs> if there was Christ. a role in a movie that Fisher Stevens played and you replaced him with a Koopaling, it would always make sense. Uh, anyway, am I the world's only early edition fan? Probably. Yes. I've never... Is that the one? No. It's the one. Which one's the one with Anthony Michael Hall? It's the one where Kyle Chandler gets the newspaper a day early. Was that a movie or a TV show? It's a TV show. Oh, okay. I thought it was a movie because I thought you said the two movies you watched. Uh, no, the two thing, the two like things with Fisher Stevens I liked a lot as a kid were that and Short Circuit Two. Yeah. Oh, I wish he wasn't so racist in Short Circuit (laughs) Two. That movie rules, except for that. Well, also, and the the robot is also a little racist later when he's interacting with those Latino guys. Correct. Yes, there's so much racism, but if you took that out, it'd be a good movie. <laughs> oh fuck, man! That's the white history of Hollywood, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> the racism. Fuck. Yeah. Like how in yep. every film studies course, you have to watch that KKK propaganda movie because it invented like cuts and establishing shots. Oh no, I don't know about this, and I don't want to. Oh really? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I guess you never took a film studies course in college, huh? That's true. Correct. Let's hear about this uh, Fisher Stevens checking out this red alert. All right, let's Um, go for it. So I just, I do want to point out this server room. Did you guys talk about the fact that there are, like, plexiglass towers with words etched in them that have lights moving up and down inside them? (laughs) Very good. No, we didn't. I love it. I don't. This is the this is the scene where I said, said to myself, "What was the directions given to the set making department on this movie?" Yeah, none. Was it make this interesting? Yes. I was going to say when we enter the dreamscape, which is also it's both the dreams that Johnny Lee Miller has about hacking, and it seems to be the actual physical things inside of the server room is glass towers with green uh, etched letters and characters that just cascade constantly. Yeah, there's a lot of I parts really where I'm like, effect. this is just a creative representation of cyberspace, and then it zo- the camera zooms out and shows the screen, and no, that's actually what's on the computer screen. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. How would? <laughs> How do you use these computers? <laughs> you don't. How could you? <laughs> you just chill out while everything's green, and then you panic if it turns red. <laughs> I like that instead of a as a how could you, like, how is it possible, a how could you, like, how dare you? Yeah. I meant it both ways. 
<laughs> oh, but I love um, it very much. I think those shots are beautiful. I don't know how they did that, but it looks incredible. Yeah, all that stuff is really cool. The director says that he didn't um, use, like, CGI rendering for this, that it was mostly, like, uh, other sort of, like, rotoscoping and uh, pre-CGI practical effects, which, uh, you know, is both ironic and pretty good. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, the the rotoscope stuff, I mean, the the computer graphics-y parts, like when the buildings turn into circuit boards, are terrible, because <laughs> it's a 90s movie. Um, but some of the other stuff is cool, even if it's, like, incredibly stupid. Oh, and all of it is yeah. incredibly stupid. <laughs> Speaking of incredibly stupid, so the only employee that seems to work at this company that knows anything about computers mm-hmm. is Pendulet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, and he calls Fisher Stevens at home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he calls, uh, asking for Eugene, and he is told that he is not allowed to use the name Eugene, mm-hmm. but he has to instead refer to him as the plague. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so, so stupid. <laughs> so Fisher Stevens has one of these hacker names. Yeah. yeah. And the even though his job and his hacking is directly tied to like his real identity. Yeah. And he is in his thirties. <laughs> Uh, and still is like, you know what? Hacker name. Why not? And he's not a hacker. Yes. <laughs> he's a former hacker. Yeah. Is he? Oh, secretly he's a hacker. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. He this does is the do thing, though, right? Hacking. In a movie where almost everything that happens is predicated by 20 minutes of characters being like, no, you know me because I did this thing. I did that thing. Oh, I crashed this thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fisher Stevens is like, no, I'm the plague. And no one, not only does no one say like, who's that? <laughs> They also don't say, like, oh, the plague, the guy who did this. So, like, mm, everyone no. reacts to that just like, no, I think okay. That's, I think that's like, very realistic. If someone yeah. told me they were the plague, I'd be like, I'm not asking this guy about that. That's what <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he just I'd wants like, to yeah, tell okay. me. The plague. It's the most realistic part of this movie. Every time anyone says he, whenever he says he's the plague, everyone reacts like, I don't want to have this conversation. Yeah, yeah they're all just react. like, oh my sure. god, yeah, okay, you're the plague. Uh, okay, um, so when the plague arrives, he realizes that the file being downloaded can prove that the plague is stealing from the company via salami slicing. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is a type of hacking? I guess so. It's weird that this is in the synopsis, but never mentioned in (laughs) the movie. But I do think that I trust the uh, knowledge of hacking slang in this synopsis more than the movie. Uh, If I had to guess, I would guess that salami slicing is the same scheme that they do in office space, where they're just taking a little tiny bit of money so no one notices. Which makes sense, because the only way to eat salami is shaved extremely yeah. thin. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Oh, so good. Oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I want a sandwich so bad. <laughs> Man, maybe I'll go get a sandwich after this. <laughs> maybe me too. <clears throat> okay, uh, so the plague enlists the U.S. Secret Service to recover the file, claiming that it is the code to Da Vinci, a computer virus that will capsize the company's oil tanker fleet, and that he needs that code to destroy the virus. We should say real quick, uh, Joey wanted to get the entire file to prove to everyone that he's an elite hacker. He did not, because his mother came in and turned off his computer in the middle, so it only has a partial file, which he hid in an air vent on a floppy disk. But, even though he did not get the whole file, the company and Fisher Stevens found his IP address, I guess, 
guess so they are able to send the feds in with the SWAT team. Uh, I would guess that they found his phone number, because that seems to be how all the internet works in this. What I love about this is he only gets half of the file on a floppy disk. Floppy mm-hmm. disks hold, like, one and a half megabytes. <laughs> yes. Also, there's a point later on where they all, in awe, say, uh, oh my god, she has a 28.8 megabit per second modem. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, like, that is very funny now, obviously. But also, if that is an impressive number to them, he must have had, like, what, a 1.9 megabit at most, probably, connection? Mm-hmm. So, like, if this is a file big enough to steal $25 million, it would have taken him weeks to download it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can't think about that. The, the movie doesn't want you to think about this. Maybe it doesn't even fill the floppy disk. Maybe it's just like a 12 kilobyte file. <laughs> yes. Also, I mean, I guess to Jeff's point earlier, the if you were if you were hacking against someone, which doesn't make sense, <laughs> but uh-huh. if you were hacking against someone and you were connected through a dial-up modem and they were on the actual computer... And you would send a command to that computer, like, download this file, and then, I don't know, ten minutes later, it would start doing that, and the person would be like, oh, no, and then <laughs> click cancel, and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, it's, it's yeah. pure madness. Sometimes they try to access our computer remotely at work. They're supposed to call us ahead of time and tell us they're doing it. Sometimes they yep. don't. What do they care? And sometimes I'm using the computer. <laughs> I'm like, fucking no, you're not going to do this right now because I'm busy. <laughs> Yeah, I I had to install a thing on our network computers that would allow me to lock out the person that was using it, <laughs> so that I, if I remote into it, I can prevent them from stopping me. Yeah, we always get the call after, and they're like, "Oh, um, was somebody using the computer?" I'm like, "Yeah, they fucking were because it's you know noon on a Monday. Yes, they yep. are using the computer." We started oh. recording this at noon on a Monday. <laughs> Solomon Grunday. Ooh, noon on a Monday. Noon on a Monday. <laughs> So, anyway, they pull this 16-year-old kid literally out of the shower at gunpoint. Yep. Yeah. He's fully nude. <laughs> Who, Frog he has, out. I would like to point out that, A, he has never committed a violent crime. Mm-hmm. B, there is no evidence that he has any kind of weaponry in the house at all because he hasn't done anything to indicate that he does. Mm-hmm. And three, unfortunately I need to say this, he is not a person of color, and yeah. so I do not understand why the police are arresting him at gunpoint. I think yeah, based that- on the word of Fisher Stevens being like, hey, yeah, I have information that it's this kid. I th- yes. I think, here's what, what I think that the movie is trying to do, is be like, hackers are the real counterculture, and the fascist mm. police state uh, mm. spits on them as much as any other oppressed minority throughout history. Uh, so I think that's what they're doing with the over, uh, over outsized reactions of the police. I think you're I, right, but it doesn't make any sense, no, especially knowing that law enforcement takes computer crime so lightly. Yeah, like, in, real life, in real life, they're like, uh, who that. cares that somebody sent you a death threat on Twitter? I don't even know what Twitter is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
I do also think it's funny that later Fisher Stevens says, oh, Zero Cool, you were our main suspect for doing this, but we searched through your stuff and didn't find any evidence of it, so you're in the clear. They searched through Joey's stuff and also (laughs) don't find any evidence of it, but still sent him to jail. Exactly. Also, I would like to point out, they interview the Fed in charge, and this Fed will come up again, but this is a Fed played by Wendell Pierce, who is the star of The Wire, and then he was uh, the star of Treme. And he is being interviewed on TV as, in the background, they frog march Joey out to the car, showing his face on TV and everything. He's a minor who is only being accused of a crime and has not even been convicted. I would like to point out at this point that Wendell Pierce in this movie looks younger than almost all of the other actors in the movie. He, the 40-year veteran of the FBI, he says that. He says, I didn't work in the FBI for 40 years so that I could uh, finish my career thinking, feeling like an idiot. He says that to... what is the? Isn't oh, it like his other Mark Anthony or something? Yeah, Mark Anthony and Mark. Mark Anthony is the one of the is uh, one of the other Secret oh, Service agents, and then Felicity See? Huffman is a prosecuting attorney in the movie. Yes, uh, I didn't. I don't know what Wendell Pierce's character's name is. Didn't write that down, unfortunately. But oh, I, know- I have that Richard Gill, Angel, Agent oh, okay. Richard Gill. I can't tell if that means anything, because uh, uh, Agent Key is the one played by Mark Anthony, and I'm like, is that supposed to be like a computer key? Like, is that an in-joke of some kind? I have no idea. Oh. Computer key is nothing. Wikipedia <laughs> says his name is Ray. Okay. See, I don't remember it being said at all. Maybe <laughs> that's just name. I was just looking at the uh, synopsis. Wait, you know would, me? Ray? Ray? Laser Ray? <laughs> Hold on. Would, I'm the king of, of laser? Which I'm one is his computer key. name? Ray or Key? <laughs> Oh. You know me, Key, as in Kingdom Hearts Keyblade. So this is where something else comes up for me, writing down everyone's ages in this movie. The oldest of the teen hackers is Matthew Lillard, who is 25 the age of this movie. We talked about yep. that. Mark Anthony is 27 at the age that <laughs> this movie came out. They really try to age him up by putting some dork glasses on him. <laughs> Um, His character is an absolute enigma to me. I want to talk about that more after the end of the movie. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> Wendell Pierce is also 32, uh, same what? as Fisher Stevens in this movie. Uh, really? Well, unless I'm doing my math completely wrong, he was born in 63. Huh. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. He does look young, but I didn't think he looked that young. Although, nowadays, he doesn't look that old, so I guess he's just been the same for a long time. Yep. Yep. Much like Fisher Stevens. <laughs> 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 okay, so um, Joey is arrested in his computer search, but the Secret Service finds nothing, as Joey has hidden the disk containing the files. In response, Dade and Kate decide to settle their disagreement with a hacking duel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, with hacks focused around harassing Secret Service agent Richard Gill, oh. uh, a known enemy of hackers who was involved in Joey's arrest. Yeah, this part kicks <laughs> ass, actually. <laughs> Can I say real quick? Uh, when he's being briefed after his uh, news interview, Richard Gill talks to Agent Key or Ray, we're not sure. <laughs> agent <laughs> Ray Key. This is a dialogue because I think I think Mark Anthony is supposed to be a computer expert fed, although it's really not very clear. Yeah, they never go into yes. why he's there or what he knows. So because the thing he said, okay, you might be about to say this. Yeah. So uh, Richard Gill's like, so how did that go? The gathering of data, and he says, "Good, sir. We got an uncorrupted hard drive." And Richard Gill immediately says, "In English, please." Yeah, that's when he says, "I didn't." 
spend 40 years in the FBI to, uh, to feel like it, to end my career feeling like an idiot. If you are in the cyber crimes division of the FBI, I'm guessing, right? That's why you'd be on this case. You don't know what a corrupted hard drive would mean? And then Mark Antony says, sorry, sir. What I mean is we got there in time that he wasn't able to delete the files before we got there. Yeah. That's not what a corrupted hard drive is. <laughs> Oh, it's very good. It's all very, so very maybe good. Mark Antony also doesn't know anything about computers, because that's the only time it's indicated that he does. Yes. Well, no, because later... <laughs> no, I don't want to get into it until, until later. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they have a hacking duel, mm-hmm. and part of what's crazy about this is that they say, let's have a hacking duel, and it's implied, like, oh, the standard hacking rule duel mm-hmm. rules then? <laughs> Yeah, no yes. no tag backs, um, <laughs> slappers only. <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay, so then they're like, okay, the winner will be d- decided by us. Uh, there will there are three other hackers in their cabal. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so we didn't talk about, they meet Lord Nikon, who is a man oh, yes. with a photographic memory, and he's he lives in a cool oh, I just warehouse got that. or something. I got the Oh, Lord like a camera. <laughs> Yeah, I just got. Huh. Yeah, he, he lives in like a cool warehouse. I think he's supposed to be older than high school age. The actual actor is yes. thirty-one, I believe. But um, he doesn't want to let them in. He seems real tough. But then they tell him, "No, it's cool. Dade's elite. He's you can let elite. us in." And like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. Please come yeah, in. And, and then he lets him in, and he's super fun and friendly instantly. And all he does is get high and watch cartoons and eat Cheetos. Yeah, this dude hang out with Matthew Lillard. I like yeah, Lord Nikon. We all want to do. <laughs> He's very good. Uh, yeah, Lord Nikon is the best character in this movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, he's not played by Matthew Lillard, so the mismatch between best character and best actor is noticeable. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. I think Matthew Lillard's character, Serial Killer, might be the worst character in this movie. <laughs> yes! I never, never talked about it, but when we first see him, we see him outside Club Cyberdelia, and he is selling kids mixtapes that he has made. So he sees. Oh yes, this his is crazy. Go on. Hacking seems to be that he is a DJ. Like that seems. <laughs> and to be wait, you didn't even say the. You didn't even say the greatest part. Yes, say he's he's making a mixtape of um of he's telling kids the artists that are on this mixtape mm-hmm. and he reveals later that the joke of it is they are all artists who died choking to death on their own, vo- own vomit mm-hmm. one of the people he mentions is john belushi <laughs> he yes. was not a musician uh well, he is he a was. singer on two uh classic 80s albums by the yeah. blues brothers <laughs> you can't do that <laughs> Uh, he did do that. I want to say... <laughs> you can't, Lord, but you, he, he did. Lord Nikon is played by Lawrence Mason, who is a good actor, but I don't think I've seen anything else. Uh, yeah, he's in a bunch of TV, mostly. Um, okay, so they decide they're going to do this hacking duel, and then there is a montage of them preparing for the duel, which includes uh, Johnny Lee Miller immediately ruining his keyboard. <laughs> oh, yes! He decides <sighs> oh, to God. make it cool. Oh, no, we skipped over the whole party. Hold on, go back. Okay. okay. There's Which a party, party at Kate's apartment, and she lives oh, in a yes. super fancy penthouse because her mother, as established, is a very successful author. A feminist author they talk about for a second in the beginning of the uh, scene about how you can't trust men. Boo, men! Yes, she writes, she writes <laughs> self-help books called Women Dealing with Men with the Emotional Intelligence of Amoebas. Yes. So <laughs> it's set up like, oh, this is why she's such a tough bitch, because her mom's a feminist. You know, you know how it is. You know how all feminists are, uh... <laughs> 
like total losers, but also take off their shirts all the time. (laughs) So she's rich. Uh, The hackers are partying in the living room. Lord Nikon is acting as DJ. He's got a turntable. This party sucks. I wrote that (laughs) down in my notes. People are dancing. There's a girl. We don't see her head. She's wearing a very tight dress, but Lord Nikon reveals his uh, photographic memory by telling you her address and her phone number. We do see her face. I don't remember seeing her face, but it's very creepy because there's a long shot of her dancing just on her body. Yes. And um, in this party, (laughs) we find out that Mark Anthony is also there. And I thought this was setting something up, like a sting in the future, or that he was a secret hacker, and it is not setting up fucking anything. (laughs) They must have cut something here, right? Because it's crazy (sighs) that he's just at this party, and it's not plot significant. Yes. The fact that later he's sympathetic to the hackers, a guy in the car, for no reason, reads part of the hacker manifesto, the real piece of writing, and he's like, yeah, that sounds cool. And the guy's like, boo, no, it's a bunch of commie shit. And he's like, no, sounds pretty cool. I thought for sure he was supposed to secretly be a hacker this whole time. It just, it's baffling. Also, there's an incredible baffling scene where it makes me feel like the director went out of his way to make Matthew Lillard look like an asshole. (laughs) Not the character, the actor Matthew Lillard. Because... There is a scene where they are walking through the crowd, and Matthew Lillard turns to Phantom Freak and points in front of him and says, "Get a lo- or get a load of that pooper." Mm-hmm. Uh, spandex is a privilege, not a right. Clearly, they were supposed to cut away to a shot of somebody's butt, but they don't. Why in the world would someone refer to a sexy butt as a pooper? <laughs> There's that. Hold on, and... I think the fact that he says a privilege, not a right, it's supposed to be a joke, like you see her and she's overweight or something, right? Oh, like a bad pooper. Who knows? Because the way he's saying it, it seems yeah. like he's very excited yes, about it. Yes, it makes no sense! And it's very jarring and horrible. It's, it's amazing that they don't cut to a picture, a shot of a butt. It is incredible. Oh, man. I, it's, it's wild. I mean, yeah. like, it's like a joke from a Kids in the Hall sketch. Yeah. Like, two people standing describing something that's happening off, off camera. It's crazy. Oh. So it's okay, all very good. I, I, and then they break into Angelina Jolie's bedroom so mm-hmm. that they can all stare at her computer. Which is very good. They're super impressed with this laptop. I'm yep. kind of impressed, too, because it has, like, a clear case and it's all, like, sparkly rainbow inside. I yeah. love that. It's extremely Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's <sighs> so small, too. <laughs> yeah, it probably has, like, um, a 10 screen. And while they are uh, admiring her computer, I almost said admiring her hardware, but then it would sound like I was setting up for a double entendre because... Which the movie likes to do a lot. Yes, because Angelina Jolie comes in with... Uh, what the fuck boy? Just- Claude. Kate? Claude? Uh, yes, and Claude. his face is, of course, fully obscured in shadows because we can never know his true appearance. It would drive yes, us mad. Yes. Uh, but we do see him taking off Angelina Jolie's shirt. This is the second time we see Angelina Jolie's boobs in this movie. Yeah. Second of four. Yeah. Uh, this one was just a fantasy date had, but you yep. did fully see the actress's breasts. Yep. Yes. Uh, and this is the second time that she's wearing a leather jacket with nothing underneath in the movie. Oh god, the smell. And it's a yeah. different jacket. <laughs> you gotta change oh. those out so they can dry in the Oh my god. 
Yeah, she's fully getting ready to have sex with her boyfriend. And at this point, Lord Nikon says the sentence, Oh, I guess Burns' hardware matches her wetware. Yeah. Which means nothing. That's supposed to be. What the fuck? What is either. Okay. It's a suggestive phrase that it's, means literally absolutely nothing. It carries it's no a meaning. Zero entendre because <laughs> yep. it means nothing for computers or for <laughs> bodies. Yep. Oh man. Uh, and for some reason they are five feet away from this uh making out couple and fully yeah. lit. Yeah, but like not hidden, not being quiet, and no one notices that they are there. I genuinely was surprised when Angelina Jolie gets mad at them for being there because I did not understand that the com- that the movie wasn't implying that she knew they were there and didn't care. <laughs> Uh, that is a plot point because, of course, as you just said, he says, oh, Burns, hardware, whatever. And then, of course, Johnny Lee Miller can't help but burst out loud, burn! Because he yep. has realized that Angelina Jolie is the hacker acid burn. <clears throat> yes, so it turns out Angelina Jolie is the second best hacker in the world after Johnny Lee Miller, I guess, is the yes. implication. Yeah. Um, I feel like Johnny Lee Miller should have figured this out by now. <laughs> yeah. Because she was at that hacking club, and she was very good at that game that he was also good at. Yeah, and he doesn't let things go, we know this. So the fact that someone booted him off his computer the very first night he had it, why wouldn't he go back and check on that person? Yeah. (laughs) And, like, you've just spent ten minutes looking at her hacking rig. Wouldn't you have been like, "Hmm, (laughs) I wonder if she's a hacker? (laughs) I think Matt might have disappeared again, unfortunately. Oh, did I? No, oh, you're here. You oh, thank goodness. He was just silent. <laughs> oh, I just said, I wonder if she's a hacker. Oh, right, yes. <laughs> when, you're sta- when you're literally standing typing on her hacking rig. Yeah, it's... <laughs> oh, God, I don't even... I like... What what happens in the rest of this movie? Are we done so, yet? No, <laughs> we're describe, not even sorry. halfway through. Jesus yeah, Christ. I derailed by talking about the party, but we have to talk about what... Yes, wait, hold on. I just want to say one more thing about this scene, which is that then Angelina Jolie uh, is angry for a moment, but then she is won over by their talk about computers. Yeah. She says, I want to triple the RAM, which means nothing. You yeah. cannot triple RAM because you have to multiply it by two. Uh, and... This is the point at which uh, Claude gets cucked out of existence <laughs> yeah. and is never seen again. He, because he's a fuck boy, he says, Oh, babe, are you going to be doing computer stuff all night? And she's like, No, just a minute. And then, she, of course, she's super excited about computers because it's her love. And then he's like, mm, Fine, I guess I'm just going to leave. And he puts his clothes back on and leaves. And by leave, he means <laughs> he leave this plane of existence. <laughs> exactly. Mm, okay, we have to be moving faster. <laughs> yes. I don't know uh, how. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the hacking duel happens. Johnny Lee Miller ruins his keyboard by spray painting it, which he cannot do. He does brown spray paint to make a camo pattern. It is hideous. Yep. Um, and then they begin hacking. Angelina Jolie starts off the hacking by, um, making it so that he, oh, I don't remember. They're trying to get Gil because he's been such an asshole to Joey. So they're making his life hell. I remember that Johnny Lee Miller shows himself to be extremely transphobic by putting a sex ad in the yes. uh, paper, which again is not hacking. Yeah, <laughs> you could just do, you could just That's do just that. Pranking. <laughs> a you lot could of this buy an ad in the paper and put any number in there. They don't check. 
Yes. I also <laughs> don't really remember what Angelina Jolie does. Huh. I know that I know the second thing she does is makes it so that it, he has over a thousand unpaid parking tickets so oh, that he right. gets arrested. Oh, the first thing she does is cancel all his credit cards. Yes, that's true. And then a waiter comes over the table and cuts off his credit card in front of him. Why does that waiter have giant shiny shears in his pocket? <laughs> He's been saving them for this opportunity. <laughs> oh man, he must be so excited to use them. Oh. Um, and then uh, uh, Johnny Lee Miller has him declared dead, which is very funny. Yes, and, and it, oh, it actually kills him in real life. Through all this, yes. you see little clips of uh, Wendell Pierce being hilarious on the phone, being like, "I'm not dead. Come on, man!" Like, yeah, yeah. And then also, getting it's violently arrested. That you are seeking consensual sex with me. Yeah, what's that? He's also very offended at the people who are calling oh, right. him seeking consensual sex. Yes, true. <clears throat> he like wants he like washes his hands after touching the phone. To be which fair, shows that he really doesn't understand how computers. Uh, yeah, work. <laughs> they are all, job. They are all being extremely gross though on the <laughs> phone calls. They're all like, oh, "I'm gonna lick your feet." Yeah. Also, yeah. the fact that this is just an ad, a uh, standard kind of ad in a uh, back of a dirty magazine or newspaper or something, uh, he gets hundreds of calls just in yes. a row. Also, why does the FBI not have a switchboard? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good questions. Yes, he's in his office. Also, late we at see night later that he has an assistant who screens his calls. <laughs> Did she let them through? Sorry, sir. I thought you wanted someone to lick your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this ad you placed in my favorite uh, dirty magazine, and I just assumed. Oh boy! Also in the also in that dirty ma- magazine ad, mm-hmm. he specifically says white male, mm-hmm. but. Agent Richard Gill is a black man, and obviously it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. Why yeah, did, why did do they that? change yeah. it? Oh, maybe yeah. maybe sex perverts are racist in the 90s? Yeah, pro- I mean, they probably are. <laughs> a lot of sex perverts still are. Yeah. Uh, I want to say anyway. real quick, the Da Vinci virus was going to tip over some oil tankers from this company. Somehow. Got oh, money. yes. Also, the Da Vinci virus is represented by a... <laughs> Filmed man wearing a fig leaf talking. Yeah, he's like the, the Vitruvian man. He's meant to be right. that, but it's not a computer graphic. Right, it's a it's a man. But he's Fisher like Stevens FMB. hire an actor. He looks like William Cat from Greatest American Hero. I, I really hold speaks, on. I need to IMDb the actor that played the Division. Yeah, that's very important. But have him speak English with just such a faint. Italian accent that I wasn't sure what was going on at first, and then I realized that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, no, that's just Johnny Lee Miller's natural accent. That's <laughs> <laughs> what they sound like in Scotland. Uh, but I want to say that this really highlighted the fears people have about computers even to this day, because <clears throat> guys, you guys, <laughs> what? <laughs> the actor that played the Da Vinci virus is named Enzo Jr. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> what? Is he like what a cool the, DJ now or something? What in the world? <laughs> this appears to also like be a style th- of sneaker. Do you think this is... 
<laughs> Do you think this is where the character Enzo from Reboot got his name? Oh, he's a fashion mm. model, and he's very naked on his Instagram often. Okay, he's also very naked in this movie as the Da Vinci virus. Yeah. Uh, so I want to say it highlights the fears people have, the deep, dark fears about computers, because Lorraine Bracco, who's the CEO of this company, maybe? I'm not sure what her job no, is. No, no, they say later she's the head of uh, marketing. Okay. Uh, she says, well, let's just put the ships under manual control then, so that the, this computer jerk can't uh, tip them over. And the answer is, you can't. They're totally computerized. This is what Fisher Stevens tells her. That seems false. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is false, because even if that were true, you could just go down and open the door. Nope, like, it's locked by computers. Yeah, so maybe you didn't hear, Matt. I wrote it down. You can't. Totally computerized. Yep, totally oh, computerized. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Including there's no people on the boat at all. Yeah. There's I mean, no one do to go down the there. Boat many times that there's never anyone on it. Yes, I. Uh, the, we see the boat's name. Is, <coughs> we see the boat's name is Mizia, and I thought, oh, is that important? But that's just a place in uh, the Mediterranean, and that's probably the name of the real ship. And they didn't bother changing it. Yep, none of this yeah, is important. There are a lot of stock photo, stock footage of an oil tanker, mm-hmm. and then people implying that it's in danger, but the footage never shows it in danger. Yes, there's a couple computer renderings of how it would tip over, which is extremely yeah. fake looking. <laughs> but during the period when it is tipping over, they never show it. Yes, true. That's too expensive, um, come on. So anyway, um... I really lost the plot. All my notes are all scrambled. Yeah, I yes. forgot so about this do- whole plot, so... <laughs> <laughs> They do a duel. It yeah. ends up a tie because the other three are assholes. Uh huh. <clears throat> to yeah, me, I like how incredibly unofficial uh, it is at the end, where Fandom Freak just awards points to make it a tie. Yeah. To- and, yeah. And Kate's like, "What the hell?" And he's like, "I don't know. He's just so good." Okay, I want to talk about this. So, at this point in the movie, we see the scoreboard. Why do they have a scoreboard? I don't know. And we see that each of them have done... Well, Angelina Jolie has done two hacks that have been scored so far. Mm -hmm. And her score is 60. Mm -hmm. Johnny Lee Miller has only done one scored hack so far. Mm -hmm. And he got a score of 58. Mm -hmm. This last hack, declaring a man dead, (laughs) is only worth two points. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's all very good. (laughs) So having him be called by perverts is worth, uh... What, I guess 25 times more than declaring him dead? Oh, that's very good. <laughs> I think it might be a, uh, it's like, just whatever the most hilarious thing you can do is. <laughs> I think declaring him dead was pretty funny, to be honest. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so the scoreboard's in Cyberdelia, their cool clubhouse, which is apparently empty at whatever time they're there, because there's no Does, does Lord Nikon own Cyberdelia? I don't. He doesn't seem to go there, does he? Do we see him at Cyberdelia? Only in this scene. Oh, okay. But we've seen all of the other ones go there as visitors, and now they can get in without anyone else there, which makes oh, me true. think that Nikon must have let them in. Maybe. Maybe know. he's like a hacker or millionaire because he stole enough money. I don't know. Yeah, um, but okay. when they were doing their hacking, they were working from the shelf that a payphone has below it in a little payphone kiosk in Chinatown. I guess that was yeah. just for like a cool setting. Also so that they couldn't be traced like Joey was. Yeah. Remember so. Joey? He got arrested in a shower. The police have no authority in Chinatown. It's run by the Chinese government. (laughs) Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. (laughs) Exactly. That's a legally binding statute. (laughs) Yeah. Forget hacking, Jake. It's Chinatown. (laughs) Jesus. What a bad movie. (laughs) 
Yeah, I thought so, you loved it, Jeff. <laughs> so Joey goes out on parole, mm-hmm. and while he's on parole, he goes to a public park to hand off the disc to Phantom Freak. Mm-hmm. He is, of course, tailed by uh, Mark Antony and another guy who is never yeah, like a seen before guy. again. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Matt's dying. He's killing you. Rest Sorry, in peace, guys. Matt. I don't know why, but my throat is, like, so dry and I cannot speak. It's because we've been talking about hackers for two hours. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, he hands off the disc to Phantom Freak in a park. Why the fuck would you ever do this in a public place? I yeah. do not know. Good question. I think... I think the writers thought of this as, like, spies handing off stuff in a public place, Mm -hmm. but they do that so that they can't be killed by the other spy in secret. Yes, and they do it so that uh, people don't notice these two people meeting one another, which would be suspicious. Whereas, this is a high school kid and his high school friend, (laughs) so it would be perfectly normal for them to meet anywhere. Right. In private, for instance, unless he's afraid Phantom Freak is going to kill him. (laughs) Which, I don't know, we haven't seen a lot of their relationship, and it does seem pretty antagonistic. <clears throat> I should okay. say, because I didn't. This actor, I don't know him who plays Fandom Freak. His name is Rinoli Santiago. Yeah, yep. I don't know him either, uh, but he like, does a good. bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. he's. I, I think that this movie has a bunch of actors who do a good job with nothing, um, mm, yes. and none of them got any work later except Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller much, much later. Well, Both Matthew of which Lillard. do not do a good job with nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Matthew Lillard ends up... Well, he does scream the next year. He probably already booked yeah. that by the time well, he was filming this. When I looked up his age for this, I saw that basically from around this point to the future for like five or six years, he made at least one movie every single year. Yeah. So that's yeah. how he kept he's, going. He's a hardworking he was, guy. He's an American treasure. Yeah. He is very good. He really has that like dippy California guy. Like he works that to the best advantage. It was almost two say, on the nose to cast him as Shaggy. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that he is the best Shaggy. Yep. All the iterations of Shaggy that have ever happened, he is clearly the best one. Yeah, he's the only person who's ever done that voice besides Casey Kasem, where I'm like, hey, that person's doing a good Shaggy voice. <laughs> and do you, did you know that after Casey Kasem died, they hired him to do Shaggy's voice in the cartoon as well? Yes, he does Shaggy in all of the cartoons for like the past ten years. God so cool. damn, what a, what a wonderful man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew so we Lillard. Love Matthew Lillard. <laughs> the end of the show. <laughs> we did so it, guys. So tune in next time for the second half of Hacks. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. We gotta power through. We gotta We're waiting it. till episode yes. 100 to talk about the rest of Hackers. <laughs> um, so Phantom Freak is arrested because, of course, he <laughs> oh, is. I should say, no, I forgot. There actually is another moment that I laugh, which is Phantom Freak has this disc. He's nervous. He hides it. He comes back to his room, and then he has a dream that he, the SWAT team bursts in and arrests him. And then he wakes up, and everything's fine. His mom's calling for breakfast, I think. And then a SWAT team bursts in <laughs> and grabs him, and he's like, oh, weird. <laughs> Deja yes, vu. That's very funny. <laughs> Also, I like the fact that that we see that he has his window open and, like, a beaded curtain in front of it to, like, block the sunlight or whatever. Mm -hmm. What happens is the mother comes in to wake him up, walks across the room, and, like, pulls aside the beads to let the sunlight in. And then the SWAT team bursts in. (laughs) Were they standing outside all night waiting, like... This is the thing. From the earlier when uh, Joey gets... Caught in the shower. This SWAT team loves to wait for the exact perfect moment. Yeah, they're a bunch of perverts. He finishes shampooing his hair to grab him, 
And they waited until uh, Phantom Freak wakes up to grab him. Yes, uh, I also- would, oh, man, I forgot to point out earlier, when he's in the shower, he's listening to a song on his headphones in the shower, yes. which, how does that work? I don't <laughs> well, know. Well, he has the headphones in a little plastic bag, we see. But the bag is only around one of the earpieces. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, not well thought out, but... But then after he sings the song, he spends a long time pretending to do a crowd cheering for him. Yes, that was very irritating. Somebody really liked that and thought he did a good job. But also, if there's no one else there, why would you... Like, you could just imagine the crowd. You don't have to make the sound. (laughs) No, he needs it. Uh, I want to also say about Phantom Freak, as the SWAT team grabs him, his mother comes in and starts yelling at him in Spanish, and he says, all right, fine, take me to jail. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) Also, I think it is very significant that we only ever see one scene of a teen actually being in jail and being harassed, and Mm -hmm. it is the teen that is a person of color, and that made me very uncomfortable. And gay-coded. I will die on that hill, because he one of the first scenes we see him in, he's wearing a t-shirt with a kitten and a rose on it. I'm like, yeah, that's- It was the 90s. I, listen, no, I, I agree with it. you, Louisa, except for the scene where Matthew Lillard points out that pooper. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see that pooper. Yeah, that that, could be a man or that's a woman. an ungendered Actually, maybe pooper. Matthew Lillard is gay too. That would make a lot of sense. Actually, it's sure. an ungendered pooper. <laughs> I hate this. It's not. Maybe he just respects a good pooper regardless. It's not a sexual thing. He doesn't care what's on the other side of the body from the pooper. He just likes the pooper itself. I hate this. (laughs) Yeah, I hate it too, but. Oh, boy. You know, gotta get those podcast dollars. Um, So, Freak call. Phantom Freak calls Kate and says. Oh, he hacks the phone in the prison oh. which I, in a way that I don't think would work. You kind of touched on this, but Joey is, like, gotten with evidence from a company, apparently, that he's done something extremely illegal. Uh, he is just released to his uh, mother to be grounded, whereas Phantom <coughs> Freak is immediately carted off to a uh, maximum security kind of prison, and he hasn't even done anything that they can prove. Well, before this, we do see Joey in FBI custody briefly, and the scene is... Um, Fisher Stevens and uh, Wendell Pierce having a conversation on the other side of one-way glass. And we see in the interrogation room, Joey is standing over the disassembled computer that they took from his room. Mm -hmm. And he picks up the plastic monitor frame and is holding it. And then the people around him are yelling at him. And he keeps trying to reattach it to the computer. Yeah. And then he starts crying. (laughs) Yeah. He loves that computer. What are they doing in there? You don't movie. get it. He's a hacker and he loves his computer. Oh. But why are they yelling at him to do that? No, I get it. <laughs> yeah, see, Jeff's on board. Yeah, he's Jeff a hacker and he loves his computer. I get it. Oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> Oh, uh, so anyway, Kate has to go to a men's bathroom in the park. Uh, where no, Phantom it is Freak- in high school. Yeah, it this is in their, their high school. school. Is it? Yes. No, I don't think. Yes, it is. because earlier I wrote down what the fuck. There's a condom machine on the wall of this high school uh, bathroom. Yeah, I know you wrote that down, but I don't think I think it's in the park. <laughs> no. Why would you run off? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In between classes, they're in that bathroom yeah. earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. But no, no, yes. yes. This is the hill I'm going to die on. God All right. Damn it. Listen to me for a second. No. <laughs> Joey hands off the disc to Phantom Freak. Phantom Freak immediately spots Mark Antony and says, Hey, is that recording legend Mark Antony? <laughs> He's only been in 11 movies, and this is one of them. 
Yes. Uh, no, but he says, you've got a tail, and then they both run. Are you telling me Phantom Freak runs all the way back to the school to hide the disc before getting arrested? Yes, because yeah. in the phone call that he makes to Acid Burn, he tells her, I hid the disc in that place where I hid the thing that one time. So they yeah. clearly have a spot that they use. Yeah, but why would it be in your school? Because that's not there. a place you can get to all the time. Yeah, but you're, you're always, always going to be there. there. you got to be there every it's... single day. Matt, okay. <laughs> Look, there's so many... School, okay. okay, maybe it is supposed to be in the school, but there's maybe, so many reasons why it shouldn't be in the school. Sure. I don't <laughs> disagree with that. It would be hard to that. get to. It, like... <clears throat> It would be. It wouldn't be a place you could access easily. And there's a condom machine on the wall. Yes, yes, there is. Which is why I wrote that down because that's so bizarre. But he sticks the disc with gum to the back of the condom machine. Yes, and then Angelina Jolie unsticks the disc, and everyone in the the men's bathroom is staring at her, rightfully so. And then she buys a condom. Yeah, as cover. Yeah, good cover, because no one stops her. Yeah, they're all like, oh, okay, she had to come in here to buy a condom. Were they going to stop her before? (laughs) It's unclear. (laughs) A lot of this movie is unclear. (laughs) I think if you do your distraction after you've done the illegal thing, it doesn't work. Well, it worked. (laughs) Yeah, it clearly is wrong, it did work, so... (laughs) I guess you're the one who's wrong. I think you'll find, if you look carefully at the frames... Okay, so then Kate brings the disc to, um, uh, uh, Dade, Dade System Override, or whatever the fucking stupid name is. System Admin. <laughs> yes. Uh, IP address ping. C Drive. Um, yep. Wait, C Drive would actually be a pretty good hacker name. That is a really good one, especially if, if you're you a pirate theme. Yes! Yeah! Oh, man. Pirate yeah, theme hacker would just do web oh, hacking. Fuck! Pirate Bay would be yes. a much. They should call it Sea Drive. That's a great name. <laughs> yeah, All right, I love this. Let's write to them. All right, let's, let's write, write to, to them the Pirate Bay. Web. Do they have a Do they have a deep web email address? Oh my god, we can't. <laughs> we'll get arrested. The SWAT team will kick in the fire escape window. Just never take a shower again, and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait outside forever. As long as I always have pants and a shirt on, I can't get arrested by a SWAT team. <laughs> Oh, uh, that would be an amazing law. <sighs> okay, um, so she goes to, I guess all of them that are not in jail anymore go over to Dade's house and ask him to help them with hacking yeah. to uncover the fact that Phantom Freak is being framed. Yes. Um, this is the point where I said earlier Phantom Freak only really exists to be put in danger so that the rest of them can save him. Yes. <clears throat> um, Dade says no because he has, oh, he has been threatened by Fisher Stevens throughout all of this because Fisher Stevens knows that he's actually zero cool and, uh, like a, an elite hacker. <laughs> Yes. Um, he doesn't tell them why, which is irritating to me. He tells them he can't help. Yes, that's true. And the reason he can't help is because Fisher Stevens has threatened his mother. So, in a scene right before this, Fisher Stevens hacks into the FBI database, and Elaine Bracco says, why are you doing that? Lorraine Bracco. <laughs> Lorraine Bracco. Yes. And that's a reasonable question. Fisher Stevens says, oh, they have files on 25 million Americans, mm-hmm. and then he brings up uh, Dade's mom's file, and he's like, now I can learn everything about Dade. Yeah. <clears throat> the only piece of information that Fisher Stevens gains from this, and the only thing that is useful to him, is that Dade would be sad if his mom died. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you hacked the FBI database to find out that he likes his mom? 
There's you a, were in his house! There's a tiny bit of exposition where he's like, so your parents got divorced, and so they tried to get back together and make it work, and it didn't, and then your mom moved to New York. None of that is important at all to the plot. I genuinely thought it was going to be a thing where he would, like, uncover some dark secret that the mother had, mm-hmm. and that was going to be the blackmail. But the, that does not happen. Yeah. And that would have been Fisher Stevens hacking. Yeah. His plan was to change her in the law system of Seattle to say that she's an extremely dangerous criminal, and then they would immediately swoop in and grab her, and all of this seems extremely fishy. Especially because one of the things that he had on there was trafficking cocaine. Yeah. And I feel like you would look at uh, Jimmy, Johnny Lee Miller's mom and be like, you don't seem like the kind of person who traffics cocaine. Let's mm. look into this further. Yeah, and I then do you'd... think they'd look into it further, and that's where it falls apart. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because <laughs> somebody would be like, well, what judge sends her? Oh, this judge? Oh, he's never seen her before. Yes. Or you'd be like, oh, when was she arrested and where? Mm-hmm. And like, where's the arrest record for that? And why isn't she still in jail for that? Yeah, and yeah. this is the 90s, so there are paper records of all these things as well as computer records. So and where are they? The main thing that she's <clears throat> supposedly going to get arrested for is violating parole. Then you'd be like, let's talk to her parole officer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she doesn't have a parole officer because she wasn't ever on parole? That seems odd. Or she has a parole officer, and the parole officer is like, this person was not on my caseload two hours ago, and I've never heard of them or met them before. Or they talk to the parole officer, and it's Fisher Stevens in a wig. (laughs) (laughs) He's using that voice thing from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. So, anyway, uh, so they bring the disc to Dade. Dade says he can't help them because, well, he doesn't say why, but it's, it is yeah. because he's afraid for his mom. Yeah. <clears throat> and then they she say- She says, can you copy it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Then they ask, well, could you at least copy it? If Dade is worried about getting in trouble for having this disc, why does it matter the level to which he has it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And anyone can copy a floppy disk. Yeah, these elite hackers can't do that. (laughs) Including Kate, who must have the money to buy the extra disks or whatever it would take. Yes, (laughs) it is wild to do this. It seems like, again, I was like, oh, maybe this is some kind of weird loyalty test, but it's not. It means nothing. Um, Dade betrays them all by handing off the disc to Fisher Stevens in the (laughs) wildest scene in the whole movie. You know the cinematographer was like, I gotta make this one count, because it is the noirest scene of all. It is Johnny Lee Miller standing on a street corner in almost pitch blackness, and he sees a limousine driving towards him, and Fisher Stevens is skitching, is that the word? Yeah, he's skitching, for sure. (laughs) He is hanging on to the back of the limousine on a skateboard, and Johnny Lee Miller holds out the disc! And then Fisher Stevens, looking as menacing as as it is possible to look whilst riding a skateboard over cobblestones. Why didn't they pick a smoother street? (laughs) Because it had to be noir. The street's also wet, so the lights will reflect off (laughs) everything. He skates by scowling and <laughs> snatches the disc out of his hand, out of Johnny Lee Miller's hands without <laughs> even saying anything. Yep. 
And then he scrambles to get into the limousine, I guess? Or maybe just hold on to it again. Yeah, I thought he just continued to ride behind it. Well, it's hard to tell because you see him struggling very hard to somehow engage in with the limo again. And then they are obscured by fog before you see what happens. Mm -hmm. Johnny Lee Miller, immediately after handing off the disc, gets upset that this is happening somehow and tries to run after the limousine, doesn't catch it. Yes, even though this is clearly what they arranged ahead of time was going to happen. (laughs) Yes, I don't understand that at all. And is okay, so one of two things is happening. Either Fisher Stevens is sketching on this limo until it gets to a stop sign so that he can get in. <laughs> Probably. Or he's sketching on this limo all the way back to downtown Manhattan. <laughs> Wouldn't somebody be like, hey, that's a weird thing to do? That's an illegal thing to do. He just loves skateboards. (laughs) He does love skateboards. The plague can't get around except by skateboard. (laughs) Yeah, why didn't he just ride in the limousine? Oh, boy. I also want to point out, because people who haven't seen this movie might think that we're talking about a busy street where it would make sense that a limousine, like, maybe Fisher Stevens just grabbed onto a random limousine. But no, this is a empty street, and there's only one car, which means that it could only be Fisher Stevens called a car service yeah. to have a limousine drive him out there. But when the driver got there and opened the door for him, he's like, no, 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 no. You do not understand. I will not be getting into this limousine, sir. I am the plague. <laughs> I feel like we didn't talk about the uh, plot uh, catalyst enough, which is that uh, Fisher Stevens and Lorraine Brucker are having an affair. They are skimming the money from the company. They're doing the salami slicing, and they are using this virus. Yeah, they're doing the old salami hackers. slicing, all right. Am I right? <laughs> right. Oh, God, what's happening? <laughs> That's no good. Oh, no. Uh, they are using the cover of this fake virus to blame hackers for how money is going to be stolen. They are actually going to steal it. Yes, yeah, so the, ha- the, the virus is threatening to capsize these oil tankers, but the virus was actually created by Fisher Stevens mm-hmm. so that he could have an excuse for arresting all of the hackers who had the evidence that he was stealing money. Yes. <clears throat> okay. So we then find out that Dade did make a copy of the disc and all of the hackers are going to try to figure out what's on the disc so that they can uh, expose Fisher Stevens as being a bad guy. Yeah. They go to a house I don't know for sure whose house that's supposed to be, but they're all hanging around and taking turns using a single laptop. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, though most of them own the laptops. Fucking around, throwing Why didn't and- the rest of them bring their laptops to this? Yeah. <laughs> and it takes days. We see the sun go up and down multiple times. <laughs> Somebody could have gone home and gotten their laptop. Um, but we see Dade is, like, ingeniously piecing together the missing code because it's only half a file while everyone else is doing dumb bullshit in the background. Yeah. (laughs) Including looking at printed out paper (laughs) of the code as if that would help in some way. (sighs) In case you're going to suddenly beautiful mind your way into figuring this out. (laughs) Yes. Maybe I'm a computer, it seems to be what they're saying. In a way, the human mind is the greatest computer of all. Yeah, I've always said that. TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes, there's um, a montage of people that are just fucking around in the background while somebody, usually Dade, is working real hard. Yeah. So this is when Dade figures out that the, the real problem is this worm that Fisher Stevens wrote that salami slices all this money. <laughs> 
uh, and it is like hiding behind this other virus. I believe Matthew Lillard says a worm inside a virus. That's wild, man. It's nothing. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. It's a completely utterly meaningless phrase. <clears throat> yes. <coughs> also, at one point, Jaylee Miller says, "It's not a virus. It's a worm." Yeah. Cool. A worm is like, a kind yeah. of virus. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And who cares? Yeah. Just maddening. Mm. Uh, I want to mention oh, real quick. Oh, 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 I need to point out something. <laughs> yes. And I skipped it earlier, but during the montage of them preparing for their hacker duel, after we see Johnny Lee M- Miller ruin his keyboard by spray painting it, the next scene is Angelina Jolie typing on her laptop. I don't know what she's preparing, but that's fine. She is wearing a see-through yes. black shirt. Yep. Yeah. Why? She's alone. Yeah, because it's that kind of movie. Well, it, being alone is like the best time like, to wear a see-through shirt, I would think. <laughs> I guess so. I had to rewind it and be like, I must have misunderstood. There, like, this must be an opaque black shirt that I, like, my imagination projected <laughs> yeah, in previous scenes. Just has this nipples drawn on it. No. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's ironic. It's cool hacker wear. <laughs> Jeff, it, I guarantee if you started selling on Etsy t-shirts that had nipples drawn on them, people would buy them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you're probably right. That's the worst part. <clears throat> yep. Uh, there was okay. a great scene where the plague grandstands to Dade about how they're both hackers and Dade can't change the way he is, but the plague is a better hacker, so he better just go ahead and do what the plague wants. And yes, he says, we are samurai. We are the keyboard cowboys, and everyone else is just cows. Yes. This scene seems to have no purpose, because <laughs> what does... What is uh, Fisher Stevens trying to get Johnny to do at this point? Yeah, good question. <laughs> Why does he care? Anyway, um, so then I guess, uh, Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller decide to enlist that they say that they can't win because it would take too long to hack. Yes, this is important. Yes. And so they need to enlist an army. Well, they say, first of all, they're like, no, take like 10 minutes. That's way too long. And then each of the other hackers joins in to say, well, if I helped, it would only take seven minutes. Well, I bet we could do it in six with me. Yeah. So Name that too, I guess. Um, so they all, the four of them work together in a way that I think we were supposed to be in suspense of whether these good friends who've been working <laughs> together the whole movie would work together. Yeah. <clears throat> but they still don't, even after that scene where they decide that they could do it if they all work together, they then immediately decide that they couldn't do it even if they all work together without help. Mm-hmm. And so they go to another hacker rave, a separate hacker rave. Yes. At this point I wrote down, all subcultures are the same, question mark? <laughs> yes, it was important to note earlier in the movie, for entertainment, they watched part of a hacker show, which hacked into some late night programming, and it was two young Asian American men who are apparently called Razor and Blade and they are elite hackers, and they gave some hacker tips. Do you think that this is the same Razor from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie before he gets turned into a wolf? Yes. Okay. I don't remember that character, but it absolutely is him. Yes. Um, Okay, so they go to this rave where Razor and Blade are on stage Mm -hmm. drinking? Yes. They don't seem to be performing in any way. I thought they were DJing, but I might have filled in some gaps with my brain. (laughs) They were standing next to a DJ. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, there was also a band! There was like a grunge band, but like, cool. Yes. No, it wasn't a grunge band. It was a hip hop band oh, was it? with a a man like 
uh, rapping, rap singing, um, wearing a baseball cap made of white fur. Oh, yes, because I wrote down Faith No More, question mark. They reminded me of Faith No More. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, so I don't know what they were doing. Maybe they were emceeing and we just didn't see any of the times when they were, like, introducing bands or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> they get ushered off the stage for reasons that are never made clear. Uh, that is a and- band called Urban Dance Squad. <laughs> Awesome. All right. I remember I shazammed uh, it last night. Put that song at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, they, um, they give me then... very body count vibes. The, like, Ice T's heavy metal band that he was in as a rapper. Yes. Mm, yes. I don't know them. All right. Uh, and then they get ushered off stage, Razor and Blade do. And so Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie are trying to chase them. And Johnny Lee Miller is, of course, rebuffed by the bouncers keeping people from climbing on the stage, to which Angelina Jolie is furious. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why she's like, I could have had them, but you lost them. How, in what way <laughs> did she have them? Yeah. And then in what way did she expect him to not lose them? <laughs> yes, good point. I think because he scared them away by coming towards them and they recognized No, him? they were being sure. ushered off the stage before he got there. Okay. Anyway, um, so then they, they somehow still managed to get backstage. So like that scene and Angelina Jolie's ire were, un- were unimportant. Yes. Um, and they meet Razor and Blade. Razor and Blade seem to dismiss them until they establish their eliteness, Mm -hmm. just like everyone else in this movie. Um, and then eventually they say, you need an army, and we will help you put together an army. Yeah, and here, they ask what they can do to help, and Acidburn says, use your best viruses to buy us some time. Whatever that means. (laughs) We all know what that means. Yeah, it's totally normal. (laughs) So then, we see another montage. God, there are a lot of fucking montages yeah. in this movie. We see another montage of um, uh, Serial Killer and Lord Nikon climbing into a utilities van to steal a box of codes, yeah. a book of codes. I was completely unclear on what they were doing there. Is that what they were doing? <laughs> it was a telephone utility van, and mm. they were stealing the code so that they could build a machine that would tap into the phone lines of Grand Central company. Station is where they go. Oh, okay. Which I get. They build this machine, and then Matthew Lillard installs it under the desk of the FBI agent who mm. is investigating them under his assistance desk. Uh, there's a very funny scene where we see Matthew Lillard's pooper. <laughs> no, you cannot say that ever again. <laughs> Sorry, we see his dumpy pumpkins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I did write down stunt butt question mark, but I don't think it is. I think it's his there's real definitely butt. Not. Yeah, probably not. He seems pretty shameless. <laughs> no, we see his face in that same shot. It was a mask. You can't see both at the same time. <laughs> Um, so he walks, uh, away showing his, uh, his pooper and, um, hold on. Without any context, all of this sounds insane. Yeah. Posing as an electrical worker with a big tool belt. And this is why all this happens. Yes. I just wanted to get to talking about his pooper so Uh, yeah, he is hiding, he is under the desk of this assistant, and there's a, like, a joke being made of she is uncomfortable that he is under her desk, which is un- understandable. Yeah, I would she's- be uncomfortable if Matthew- She's still sitting at the desk with her chair pulled all the way in while he's there. 
And yet she's very uncomfortable. This seems insane. Anyway, yes. so they tap into this FBI agent's phone. The only reason that they do this seems to be so that they can figure out when the FBI is going to come arrest them. Yes. Which they could have inferred from the fact that they threatened to come arrest them on Monday, <laughs> earlier yes. in the movie. Yeah, that was foreshadowing. You might not have noticed. <laughs> but then why did they bother? To, they went through a lot of trouble to tap this FBI phone, and I don't think they got any new information from it. Unclear. There's a <laughs> little box with a blinking light. That's important that's the the phone tap yeah i know it's important yeah (laughs) okay um and then they also break into the company pretending to be flower delivery lord lord nikon who has a photographic memory pretends to be a flower delivery person walks around amongst all of the desks watching people enter their passwords (laughs) yeah I Which guess they're all ma- doing. <laughs> maybe he got there like very first thing in the morning so that he could see when people were logging in for the first time. I think that makes some kind of sense. No, stop trying to make it make sense. <laughs> you can't do it. Anyway, everyone was typing in their password at the same moment for some reason. Mm-hmm. He memorizes hundreds of passwords, and then they all coordinate to begin their hacking. Yes, um, they're all in Grand Central Station. All the hackers and freaks of the world. Yes, all four of them. <laughs> are in Grand Central Station, supposedly hacking. Um, And that's when they begin dumping all of their best viruses onto the computer Mm -hmm. uh, while they are trying to steal the garbage file. And Fisher Stevens is like, no, I'm going to stop you. And so he is counter hacking them, I guess. Yeah, as fast as he can. And he's doing good. He somehow is using the Da Vinci virus to stop them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because it keeps cutting to the face of the man who is the Da Vinci virus talking. Yes. <laughs> it was so wild. <laughs> they bothered to put that in the movie. Yes. Oh, boy. I don't know why the Da Vinci virus would be good at stopping other viruses, but fine, I guess. <clears throat> and then um, they uh, they are stealing the garbage file. They are getting stopped. They think they're losing. Mm-hmm. And then they get a phone call from Razor and Blade saying, we're fashionably late as always. Mm-hmm. And then... <clears throat> I guess every other hacker on Earth helps yes. them. <laughs> we see a montage. We see a woman speaking Italian. There's a man in an English pub, as Matt mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. They yes. they posted on on the alt dot hackers uh, <laughs> board to the used group to get everyone. Yeah, I thought I was trying to figure out if it was implying that these were all the people who watched their hacking TV show, and that's yeah, how that's they organized them. But yeah, but it was a local access show. How did they broadcast it to the whole world? I guess they're hackers. You can't think about it too much. <laughs> they're hackers, so maybe they hacked it. Yeah, they hacked it internationally. Their show oh. must be fucking incredible to bother downloading it <laughs> with the amount of time that would take in the nineties. <laughs> yes, especially since the old, the one episode we saw of them was showing <laughs> how to make long distance phone calls for free. Yeah. Which, which I guess is, is good. Which is the same technique we already saw shown to us by the Phantom Freak. So it makes no sense to just tell us about it later. It shows that they don't have much hacking information to put in this movie. Yes, the, that is true. The cheapest way to make long distance phone calls is to just wait until that concept goes away. Yes, that's true. Because <laughs> now calling outside of your uh, area code does not cost any different. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Although international still costs more. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> so we all need micro cassette recorders yeah. to hack it. <laughs> um, so they steal the garbage file while Fisher Stevens is dealing with all of these international hacking viruses. <clears throat> yeah. And once they have the whole. Hold on. Di- 
important. Yep. Dade is working on it, our hero, of course. Mm-hmm. And then he has to stop and go do something else. I don't remember what, but they have No, he gets he gets he gets hacked. Okay. He gets hacked back by Fisher oh, Stevens. A counter hack. Yes. <laughs> because uh, then they have to have Joey jump in on I think serial killer's computer for some reason. No, Joey is on his own computer. Serial killer is not there, and that is very important. Okay. But at some point they tell Joey, You're gonna have to do it. And he's like, Yeah, I don't because know if I can. you're closest, they say. Okay. As if proximity means anything in a computer? I thought he was the closest to hacking it, was the thing. But then were they all trying to hack it and he was the closest to succeeding? Because if yeah, so, then... there was a leaderboard of hacking close to But then percentage. which... <laughs> so, some or all of them were uploading viruses. Were they also hacking it at the same time? I thought our heroes were hacking and the randos we see around the world were doing viruses. But we see that most of the viruses have the font that Acid Burn uses on her viruses. She shared it so that there would be a common style guide for the (laughs) viruses, okay? Okay. Um, Meanwhile, Pendulette also is hacking it, and he <laughs> figures out that they are calling from Grand Central Station. Mm-hmm. So the police go there, and they find a bunch of walkie-talkies taped to the phones. Yep. So pretty the idea- good. Huh? It's pretty good. Yeah, I guess the idea is that the other end of those walkie-talkies are connected to their laptops and sending sound to the phones to hack it? I guess so. You talk into the walkie-talkie and you are telling the phone technology what you want to do. Yeah. You That's start. You have to start with your call number, though. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the bandit. Oh, I guess these are, they do have code names. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Yeah, code names like Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, you got, you got Smokey on your tail. Okay, so Smokey comes to Grand Central Station and arrests some walkie-talkies. Yeah. Um, and oh, then, so mad. That's our fun moment as the audience. Hi, yeah. so angry. We're like, this. oh man, they hacked it. Yeah. And then, somehow, from that, they figure out where they actually are, which we, the audience, don't ever know. We are never told this. (laughs) Yes. Um, I guess somewhere else in Grand Central Station, because the walkie-talkies couldn't have that far of a range. Yeah. Um, So they find the hackers just as they have finished downloading and putting onto a floppy disk this virus. Mm -hmm. And as they are being arrested, our hero, Johnny Lee Miller, Zero Cool... Uh, tosses the disc into a trash can that mm-hmm. has a sticker on it that says, Hack the World. Mm-hmm. And then he is shoved into a police car, and he leans out the window, and he says, They're trashing us, man. They're trashing us. Hack the world. And Matthew Lillard is standing in the crowd of onlookers, <laughs> implying that he was not helping them hack. Yeah. And he yells back, Hack the world, calling attention to himself, which makes me think he should have been arrested. <laughs> yes, agreed. I was so sure someone was going to come after him for that. <laughs> but they don't. Yeah. And instead he goes in and fishes around in the garbage and pulls out the disc. Yeah. Uh, Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller are in the interrogation room being interrogated, and they see that Matthew Lillard, who previously was not a, a, only hacked through DJing, <laughs> yes. has now hacked the TV, I guess with the help of Razor and Blade. Yeah, he's on their little uh, TV set. Yeah, and he uh, shows everyone the disc and says that it's a virus and what Fisher Stevens' whole plan was, including the number of his 
uh, illegal bank account, mm-hmm. and that somehow is evidence enough to the police. Yeah, uh, I want to point out real quick in the interrogation room when they're left alone for a minute. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller says, "Well, I'm just going to tell him that like you don't know anything about it. You're just my girlfriend. You're not involved." Yes. And Kate's like, "You can't do that." He's like, "Yeah, I want to protect you." And he's like, "She's like, oh well, thank you for protecting me because fucking that's what she has to say, right? Fuck, <laughs> fuck this movie." <laughs> yes, it's a bad movie. <laughs> I mean, I will say that it makes more sense for him to take the fall because he already has a record, but she should yeah. be more upset about it. Yes, Given that she's been upset about everything else he's done in this whole movie. And tried to prove herself, which obviously is necessary because no one believes she can do anything. Yes. Uh, the fact that they're like, no, she's just a girl. She doesn't know about computers. Oh, I feel like she couldn't handle just being like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, also, if they just needed to hold up a floppy disk on TV to prove that Fisher <laughs> Stevens did a crime, why did they bother hacking they had plenty of floppy disks yes that's a good point also i noted that um at the point he hacks the tv which comes out of the police station um everyone who's being detained or uh, interrogated or anything is just free to come out into the tv room and watch the tv yeah you don't want to miss the uh, razor and blades <laughs> show that's true <laughs> uh so he does this I guess he doesn't get in trouble for it, and they go and arrest Lorraine Bracco. Yeah. Um, she's in she a cool, says, terrifying chrome bed that's, like, all pointy edges. Yep. She has just finished having sex with Fisher Stevens, yep. which I think is punishment enough. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Fisher Stevens is cool. <laughs> he's got that cool Except for- <laughs> I know he's a listener, and I don't want him to be sad. Yeah, except for those two movies. <laughs> But other than that, pretty good. Listen, when he's doing racist, I'm not into that. (laughs) You gotta make this clear. Yes. (laughs) The rest of it's okay? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, Hmm. I don't know. Did he do any other racist movies Uh, besides- He probably also did some very sexually problematic things. probably did. I'm not Googling it. talk about it or think about it. I'm not going to. Okay. Um, and then- Oh, I'd like to say, when they hack the computers, um, the hackers, when they get through into Ellington, is that the name of the company? I don't remember. In their cool server uh, room. They mm-hmm. put up screensavers. Oh, they do this throughout the company, because all the people in the desk jobs also, their computers turn over to swirling screensavers of words, and the words are, <clears throat> shit for brains, sit yep. on my interface, and barf bag. Yep. Also, there's a very funny scene when Fisher Stevens is counterhacking, where Penn Gillette yells out the name of a kind of virus that's happening. Mm-hmm. And then immediately Lorraine Bracco repeats it incredulously. Mm-hmm. And then Fisher Stevens uh, frustratedly explains what actually it means. Yeah. But they do this like six times. Yes. They do it way too often. It's like, oh, there's a rabbit. A rabbit? Yeah, a rabbit is this kind of thing. Give it a flu shot. A flu shot? A flu yeah. shot is this kind of thing. Like, Lorraine yeah. Bracco, stop being incredulous. Yeah, you don't should... understand what's happening. I don't know if we touched on it, but at the beginning of the movie, the reason uh, Joey was able to hack in is because her password was indeed God. Fisher Stevens gets mad at her <laughs> yes. for having that password, and everyone in the room is like, well, what are you going to do? That's just how you do passwords. She's a woman. So... She doesn't understand. <laughs> so why is she allowed to be involved in any of this? I don't know. <laughs> Why is she in the server room while they're hacking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so she gets arrested and Im- immediately 
uh, points the finger at uh, Fisher Stevens. Yeah. Uh, Fisher Stevens, meanwhile, is on a flight to somewhere. Does they ever say where? I guess Japan. Not. They do say it's Japan. Oh, he's a trying fourth, to flee to hold Japan. On, important. A fourteen-hour flight to Japan. Yes. So he is trying to flee to Japan under the alias of Mr. Babbage. They say Mr. Babbage. Blah blah blah. In a, in I'm being told by this plot summary that this is a, re- a reference to Charles Babbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, the mathematician and the engineer who created the first thinking machine, I guess. He's also in bad special effects makeup. Yes, he is in. Yes, true. He is in a wig and beard and looks like an old man. So I guess the implication is that he also has a fake passport in which he looks like this uh, Colonel Sanders looking motherfucker. <laughs> yes, I suppose so. Right. Um, but he puts his arms up to stretch. And then the in the row behind him in this completely empty plane because there's no other people sitting on it. No, there is a woman who gets a glass of champagne from the oh, stewardess. I guess there's one person in the row in front of him. Yeah. He is in a row by himself, and in the row behind him, I guess he just didn't notice that the guy sitting behind him was <laughs> Agent Richard Gill, the the <laughs> FBI agent from earlier. Who dramatically snaps the handcuffs on him. Yay! So Did I they then out- sit on this flight for 14 hours? <laughs> that is what I'm talking about. That's why I wanted to point out that they talked about how they're already in the air and the flight will be 14 hours. So we see a fat. shot of the plane over ocean <laughs> from he New York. He side. waited until they flew all the way across the entire United States. Yeah, it's pure madness. <laughs> and he seems to be by himself, so he doesn't even have any other agents to help yeah, him do what this. Do do? What if Fisher Stevens had a gun? Oh, boy. Really good stuff. Yeah. Like, so he's going to sit on this plane for another 14 hours after already being on it for nine hours. Listen, it was necessary for dramatic irony, okay? I Mm -hmm. mean, I will say they established a pattern that the police in this movie wait for their moment. (laughs) That is very true. Oh, God. This is a great movie, actually. Uh, and then we see Dade and Kate go on a date, uh, yeah. which was the, the, the bet on their hacking duel earlier. Yeah. The, the stakes of the bet was a date and they go on their date. I kind of wanted Johnny Lee Miller to be wearing a dress. Yeah. They talked earlier about how she said, uh, he said, if you win, if I win, you have to wear a dress on our date. And then later she says, if I win, you have to wear a dress, which I feel like he should have then said, so you are agreeing to go on a date with me. Yeah, exactly. Cause at first, <laughs> The stakes are, if you, if I win, you have to do all of my hacking for me, which yeah. is a wild thing, but fine. And if I win, then we have to go on a date. And then later he says, you have to wear a dress. And then she says, okay, if I win, you have to wear a dress. So he's already won the first bet. He gets the date either way. Yeah, exactly. No, I feel like her thing about hacking for me, that made sense, because she said, none of the fun stuff. I want you to break copyrights on stuff I won and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And he has to wear That's a dress problem. while doing it. That's the second part. <laughs> <laughs> is there any fun stuff in hacking? <laughs> uh, they seem to be having a lot of fun in this movie, so uh, yes. But also, she then reveals in her locker the dress that she has picked out for him, which is a bra and leather underpants, which is in no way a dress. I thought that was a dream. There are so many times things happen and then people wake up. I don't remember if that one was No, real. that is definitely not a dream, and I'm very b- baffled by it, because it is the same clothes that Angelina Jolie is wearing in her dream, where she fantasizes yes. about having sex with Johnny Lee Miller. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so, but there is a part where they're walking and she's in a dress and the worst possible face of makeup anyone could wear. It's yes. crazy. Yes. Her underline under eye liner is silver. Is, what's that? It's silver. It's silver and she has like a a wing, but it's it's mm-hmm. a split wing, so it yeah. she ends up looking like one of those terrible 80s like uh, stylized paintings of Japanese geishas. Yes, she does look like kind of a kabuki makeup. There's a lot of red on her upper eye as well. It's yes. very unpleasant. And, and she's wearing sort of a weird short puffy kimono and thigh-high stockings, and you can see the tops of them because the dress is so short. It made me wonder in that moment if they had originally cast an Asian actress in this role, and they were being racist with their costuming choices, and then they were like, no, actually, Angelina Jolie, but let's keep the racist costume. No, they only auditioned white ladies. Uh, It was like Hilary Swank and a couple other people auditioned for it. I think you're forgetting the uh, Asian fetishization of the 90s, because a lot of the characters do, like, when they're horsing around, they do, like, fake samurai stuff, and they go, a whole bunch, so that's that's pretty awful. Yeah. Yeah, that was the whole, like, 90s computer thing, was everyone was like, you know what's really cool? Vaguely East Asian aesthetic. (laughs) Yes. So the only thing they do on this date is submerge themselves completely in a fountain, which must be a deep fucking fountain. There was a pool. Was there a fountain? I missed any kind of fountain. Which pool? I don't know. The pool on the roof of the school. They're walking through, like, Central Park or some large park in the dark. Yes. And they're saying we had a pretty good time. We don't know what they did. Yes. And then one of them says, how about we go swimming? I don't remember which one. I guess it was Johnny Lee Miller. He must be the one to say, why don't we go swimming? Yes. And then they break into a rooftop pool somewhere. I feel like it is implied. Do they? This is the thing, though. We don't see them breaking into anywhere. The next shot is them, like, up to their necks in water. No, this is, it's a pool because of what we see next. Do you want to keep going? <laughs> yeah, I don't know okay. what you mean, because I think what we see next reinforces my belief so, that it's not a pool. We see a panning shot, or maybe just like an overhead shot. So we do see that it's a pool on a rooftop, and we see that they're on the rooftop of a building, and there are other buildings in the background. And then the lights in some of the windows come on to say, crash and burn. Yes, so what uh, What I literally just watched this seconds ago. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, uh, two, two and a half ago. hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but um, we see them in the pool, and then it does pan up, but we don't see behind them. All we see is in front of them, and between them and the park, there's nothing. So maybe they are on a building rooftop that's right up against Central Park. No, there's all- no park anymore. They're not near the park. You don't see it No, we park. do. We see the park between them and the building saying crash and burn. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we see that on the building. Angelina Jolie is super impressed because it's so romantic and hackery. The end? Here's the last line, and I wrote it down because it's very good. Yes. (laughs) Dade says, you know, I've been having really weird... Angelina Jolie cuts him off. Dreams! And then they start making out in the pool, and that is the end of the movie. Yeah, they hacked each other's dreams. Yeah, I firmly (laughs) believe this is implying that Angelina Jolie has figured out how to hack dreams. (laughs) Oh, Stereo MCs play the song Connected in this movie, which is very important. It's about hacking. It's not. It's not about hacking. Okay, so nothing in this movie was about hacking. (laughs) All of the best hacks that happened were things that you could have done with just a phone and some money. What about the computer virus? Oh, got you there. Which computer virus? (laughs) Any. The one. Can't do that with a phone. What do they actually do? (laughs) They don't knock over that boat because they got to it in time. Yeah, they make a boat be normal. (laughs) 
<laughs> so here's the other people who auditioned for the role of Kate Libby, a.k.a. Acid Burn. Hilary yes. Swank, Heather Graham, and Liv Tyler, and then the role was offered to Catherine Heigl, but was already committed to Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. <laughs> awesome. Which is a oh, Steven Seagal bad. action thriller. Okay, so we've been doing this for so long. Yeah, let's end it. But Louisa really wanted to talk more about Mark Antony's character. Yes. Oh, not a whole lot, but he is a federal agent. He seems to know more about computers. He's a junior. He's uh, he's just not in charge of any of the stuff he does. He seems just to be polite and normal. But then he shows up at this party. He seems to be maybe listening to them. Maybe he's into hacker stuff. We're not sure. And then he just sort of disappears from the movie after that. Yeah, the last scene we see him in is him tailing Joey after Joey gets out on parole and he catches Phantom Freak getting the disc from Joey. And then I was like, oh, he's going to come back at the end of the movie and explain Mm -hmm. the crime to Gil so that Gil will go and arrest. No, he doesn't come back. (laughs) I also thought maybe he was going to, when when it was time for calling all hackers, he was going to be like, Oh shit, I see that these kids Ooh, that really been are good. doing the right thing. I'm gonna help them hack. He yeah. didn't do that either. Yeah. Oh, that would have been so easy <laughs> to know. do too. You could have just spliced in stock footage you had for of him around the set. <laughs> So, yeah, weird plot lines that didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this movie is bad, but very funny. Um, And it's all for free on YouTube. So if you want to watch it, go ahead uh, and let us know. (laughs) Nothing can stop you. Well, yeah, you probably shouldn't, but you could, and if you yeah. do, let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, you can reach us by finding us on Twitter, at HackTheNetPod, or you can email us, seeingreddit at gmail.com. Um, if you message any of us on Mastodon, we can get you into our Discord, where we, we can talk further about hackers. I also want to point out um, that... Uh, this was our 50th episode and we decided to do something a little bit special. We will probably do something special like this every 50 episodes. So if you have suggestions, we're certainly open to it. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, suggest. Yeah, we're desperate for suggestions. Yeah, I'm this was. I'm going to suggest for episode 100, maybe we watch the movie Hackers. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, let's watch The Net, the other half of the title. The 1995 computer thriller, The Net. For us to talk about the hackers again. Jesus, no, I'm not doing that to myself. I'm not doing an annual rewatch of Hackers. It would be every two years. Well, I guess no. No, Fifty weeks is a year. Yep. Yeah, you got me there. Um, okay, so anyway, if you want to uh, rate and review us on iTunes, that really helps us out. Please tell your friends about it. Maybe don't tell them to, to start with this episode. No, start so with this long. episode. It's a standalone. It's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece, so <laughs> there is that. Um, but if you want to find me, I'm on Mastodon, at Matt Heron, at Mastodon.cloud. I'm also on Mastodon, Mastodon.cloud slash at JK. You can also find me on Instagram and Snapchat, Jeff JK. Um, this movie is available for free on YouTube. It says free with ads, but don't worry. There are no ads during the movie. I don't even think I got an ad before the movie. You do get ads Mm. if you try to watch it on mobile. Ah, okay. I watched it on my Nintendo Switch. (laughs) Uh, Alright, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. And thank you so much for listening. Even if you've listened to one episode, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, thanks everyone for being here. Um, and please come back next time. Uh, but in the meantime, I just want to let you know that I am a hacker and this is my manifesto. Oh my god. Uh, don't read the comments. Hack the world. Uh, we are samurai, the keyboard cowboys. <laughs> <laughs>